everybody to the Rev Match Podcast, the automotive podcast where Gurney brought literally everybody he fucking knows with him. <laughs> yes, the whole goddamn block is here. No, we are joined by uh, Abe and Brian. Yeah, you racecraft. We're joined by Pete from 529 Innovations. I know for the, you guys in the chat, your bubbles aren't in the same place. So the way I'm waving my arms doesn't make any sense. But I promise you on camera, it looks right. Uh, <laughs> it does uh, Gurney, right gurney just gurney and the crew actually because they obviously support multiple teams just got back from global time attack challenge and they were gracious enough to grace us with their presence and kind of talk about uh gurney's experience what gtac is like the little golf are that could and um general fucking bullshit but you know thank you gentlemen for coming on we really do appreciate you uh sharing your time with us i don't know where you guys are located but it's probably late um so yeah thanks so much man um we will do, we will we will uphold tradition, starting with Abe because you're the top left. What are we drinking, bro? <laughs> Some good high quality H two O. Right now, sorry, I had I had back surgery in February and it's kind of coming back to haunt me a little bit, and so I'm on some medication that I can't have anything fun or fancy, so. Uh, that's me but you're already loaded then so that's fine we (laughs) accept substitutions i'm good good. yeah like i don't drink black tar heroin though love that shit can't get it up (laughs) (laughs) gurney what's up man what what are we what do we got what are we feeding Uh, that beard with gin just gin gin and ice you got it interesting he's looking for a good time apparently (laughs) At least some Hendrix or something. I feel like there's a lot we could unpack with the fact that Kyle's just drinking straight fucking gin, but I'm going to move on to Timmy. Timmy, what are we drinking? (laughs) I've got Numb and Nummer. It's got the little Dumb and Dumber van on there. Yeah, I'm with it. little hazy joint. Is that what's going on? That's what it sounds like. Sounds like a hazy joint. Yeah, good old NorCal and their fucking citrus and beers. Always. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, what are we drinking today, sir? I'm a Northeastern guys. I'm drinking iced coffee because that's all you're allowed to drink in the summer if you're from the Northeast. <laughs> Very nice. Nice. drinking coffee at fucking, what is it, 10 o'clock at night? I do it. Yeah, he's central, so it is nine where he's at. Yeah, so he's yeah. With the... we're good. When you get as tired as I am at my age, it doesn't matter. You can sleep. It's, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three red bulls passes out for six hours solid just great so I, feel, I feel like he's trying to get some shit off his chest you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> yeah. it's years of conditioning to get to that point but yeah the coffee, you know, it's not rodeo. It's like years of abuse baby <laughs> pete what are we drinking on tonight sir uh we've got uh because we're going to be down at the bourbon trail so i'm trying to finish off my eagle rare Fancy. He's got the whole bottle sitting. Dude, there. Eagle Rare <laughs> oh, yeah. is like Eagle it's Rare is good. like a really fucking good forty dollar bottle of bourbon. You know I what I mean? It. Like I can yeah, I could fuck with that shit. Um that, I skipped uh, over it, me. It was thirty bucks a bottle when I was down at Buffalo Trace. Damn. That's not bad. I was stocked up. I would have stocked up. Um uh, Mike, what are we drinking? Shirley Temple? White girl stuff. Always. Uh <laughs> little vodka and white claw. Oh hey. Ooh. Same. <laughs> right, because uh, the like best cocktails guys. are all booze, baby. Exactly. Uh, hold on, I have Bucky's out where you guys are. Bro, I'm in Texas, bro. Uh, we okay. fuck with boosies hard, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, now that that's over with. <laughs> so, 
the last time Gurney was on, which was literally two episodes ago, because we did the just the crew show with the. This is the first episode with only one Kyle. Um, so yeah, we kind of talked about how Kyle left and all that stuff. Um, so you were prepping, you were getting ready, you were thrashing, trying to get the car completely dialed where you wanted it before GTAC, and now we're in the aftermath. So how did it go, sir? How did we do? It was incredible. Um, I mean, the the car was flawless. the The crew was flawless. Uh, it basically came down to me. Like uh, I would say, nerves probably got the better of me. Um, did as as good as I think I could have done for the first time going with this big of an event. Yeah. Um, ended with a a one thirty eight, which is about two seconds off my absolute best time ever. Um, but to be able to hit 138 five laps in a row almost every oh, that's session yeah. was, yeah. That's dope. was incredible. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, he, I was, don't know. he was throwing 138s like it was coming out of a, a automatic machine gun. Yeah, I think five laps and he did at one point. Yeah, it was really great consistency. So, yeah, be, being repeated was, was awesome. <laughs> he's yeah, discrediting a, himself as well because he was consistently doing 138s as it got hotter and yep, that's huge. muggier and hotter and muggier so he was really improving yeah even though just, he didn't see it in the times i was gonna say you're definitely yeah if you're if you're in a turbo car and shit's getting worse and you can hold time you're yeah that means you're. i mean it went from uh so on on thursday and friday we ran the same oil brand new oil and it never got above like 240 Put fresh oil in for Saturday, first session right to 270. I mean, temps out were like high 80s, muggy as hell. Uh, I mean, it, it just skyrocketed and just instantly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, the extra heat definitely, definitely played a factor. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was the most incredible time to, to come down into 10A and see the entire, like, spectator crew there yeah. for Drift, like – Man, it, it like it gave you like chills. Like it was like it was hard to to actually like be focusing on like oh fuck I need to break. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's yeah. I mean especially you know for a gentleman like yourself who you've like transitioned from I'm doing this for me to to you know instructing and now doing something like this and building in the car that you build. That's it's a big moment, dude. And I'm gonna do everything I can to not talk about Formula Drift being there at the same time. I want no. to. I want no. We're here for you guys. <laughs> There's three fucking people that took time out of their day to be here, so I'm not going to sidetrack with stupid hook slide nonsense, but I want to. Anyway. <laughs> I think one other important yeah. thing is Kyle drove his car there, yep. ran, yes. and drove it back home. Only car to do so of the that's, entire event. That's pretty fucking sick, dude. You know what I mean? Like, that's... like So, like, every day you drive it home or it stayed at the... like how No, we, we, we left it there. Yeah, okay. we left it there. Cause like that's it. That's like a giant dick flex, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm gonna pick up some fucking Chick Fil A on the way home, and then we're yeah we're gonna watch movie with the kid or whatever. And he may or may not have lost fourth gear because he was driving it back and forth, but that's a different story for well, that, later on. That's more so to using old equipment. I so I got I got kind of like fucked on an old transmission deal, like so OEM transmission from a long time ago was being rebuilt. It never got shimmed correctly. So when I threw that back in the car, when I was supposed to send the dog box off for a refresh, okay. the main shaft literally fell through the transmission and ate a hole through the case. Oh, shit. What? Literally because one dude didn't use the right spacer. 
hold up the main shaft. So it ate a hole. So I never got to send off my dog box, which technically I'm supposed to send it off every season to get just like a, a check Refresh, on yeah. it. Never sent it off. So threw it back in, knew that it was going to need something. So being being that fourth gear let go on the way home, whatever. Like I, I knew it was going to happen. It was all part of like timing. I should have had the other case in, but bad uh, at help, I guess. <laughs> so, and, and hey, it was it was jam- know where most of it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the the dog box was jam up all weekend. Let's get that straight. Yeah, and, it was and, and got him got him home. So yeah, that's what I was, I was about to ask. For that. It, it fell apart after everything was done. So after you like, beat the shit out of it, it was um. So I made it on the highway. Had to slow down for traffic about maybe 15, 20 minutes from home, slow down to first gear to a crawl, start driving again. As I go into fourth, it just starts making like a weird hum. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> that's I mean, it. And also to be fair to the transmission, you're driving in traffic, which is not at all. It's intended use case. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's a big no, no with the dog. Box. Yeah. Exactly. Dog box e- equals either on or, or off. off. Exactly. That's right. it. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's no traffic. Yeah. So, so like I mean, no no qualms with the equipment, like all that shit was perfect. It was it, it was on me that, that Oh that no, happened. it's the consequences of my own actions. <laughs> yeah. Coming to bite me in the ass. <laughs> oh fuck, that's funny. Well, listen, I'm glad to see you're just a scumbag with really nice shit, Kyle. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way to be. So But yeah, no, like the the only way that this whole weekend worked is is these dudes right here and a few others that obviously aren't on tonight but yeah i mean without having them there to to help and wrench and keep things moving to inquire for help i mean pete fuck he was on call like the entire the entire three days like anytime that we needed the chat of like okay hey we're making an arrow change what do we do from this standpoint here are the tire temps that we're getting what do you think we should change and i mean it it, it took it to where the car was feeling like on its limit hitting a 39. And then the next day we made a small change and then it was like, boom, high 38 easy. And then another small change. And then it became 38 just became repetitive. I mean, absolutely repetitive. And the craziest thing I tried to post a picture of it um, on online of the tires that we used. So typically with an RT 660, in, in a single track day, I can round out the outside edge of these okay. things. I mean, if you're really pushing, I mean, mo- most people don't believe it, but the Gulf weighs 3,600 pounds. Yeah, it's a heavy bitch. She, she's a Gulf heavy girl. Heavy. I mean, yeah. real heavy. Yeah. So 3,600 pounds, lean on these things. Like, the, the tires always eat the sidewalls. After the changes that we made with Arrow and then with Pete on the suspension, and I mean, I think, what was it, like a max of like six clicks that we did? Like literally six yeah. clicks. We took it from eating sidewalls in a day to we had a set that looks like they've never been used after two days of comp. Still have the stamp in them. You yeah, can literally still wild. see the manufacturer stamp. It's wild. That's race <laughs> Absolutely. car shit. That's like so, and that's why because I know that. So Brian's Yeti racecraft big ass wang, right? Mm-hmm. And like I was really excited that you were coming on. Because one, that thing looks fucking sick. And two, I know that it had a huge part to play in Kyle's performance throughout GTAC. 
So I was really interested to hear your perspective on that, how you like where the design came from. Cause what the fuck? I've never seen a wing like that, like on a golf in my entire life. It's the most like until last episode or whatever. But so yeah, how did you guys get clicked up and like, how did that whole like process come to be and how did it end up what it did at, at the end of it? I just flipped you some uh, photos that it really started with my own car, honestly. Um, okay. A Mark V R32 that I track. And, uh, you know, there's nothing available for that from an aerodynamic standpoint, right? Right. I would say it's anathema to even track an R32. You know, God forbid the stance guys are probably rolling over their, in their graves <laughs> or nothing. But, um, but, you know, it's meant for that. It's hand built in Germany. It's reliable as a clock. And I track the heck out of it. And, uh, so you know that that was a that was a learning process about how you put arrow on a hatchback because first of all they're lifty at the rear they're very draggy there's a lot of form drag with them you know we can all attest to this um, and you know it's it's not easy to mount a wing to it so you know we went through probably three different iterations of this um, and finally hit on the idea that the best way to do it was to get you know an end mounted wing allow us to use a smaller airfoil keep the weight down on it. I think the air the whole setup on Kyle's car is only about 13 pounds, I think. You know, oh, wow. frontal area is almost nothing, right? It's just an airfoil with these tiny little pieces of aluminum holding it on. It almost looks like it wouldn't work, but it's all in the structure. Uh so we triangulated it. We got it, you know, working to a point where it's it's rotating the load into the hatch and it, it's doing what it needs to do. It's it's not quite chassis mounted, but it feels like it. Um a little bit of cantilever to it, so it's got some leverage and um you know, it just went through a lot of iterations with it, right? You know, and we finally got to a point where you just, and that's a design process. It's something I've been doing my whole life, you know, it's just incrementally improving things. And, uh, you know, and actually, I was running the V1 of this. We actually have a new version with a larger airfoil that's kind of, you know, the 2.0 that we're going to thinking about too. But, um, you know, but for that, you know, once you get it on the car, you know, it's, we were going through CFD the entire time too. So we were kind of doing, you know, doing a design, making sure everything fits, you know, getting some uh, laser cut prototypes, fitting it to the car, you know, doing the CFD again. Mm -hmm. um, I had kind of a, a base model for the car that I was working on. Um, and then, um, you know, you, you can, you can see, you can see the invisible with CFD. That's the thing that's fun about it, right? You know, you always have to verify your results with reality you can take it out and make sure it's doing what you think it's going to do but right um it allows you to kind of see where the efficiencies are and one thing about that design like i said it's end mounted there's no entire suction side of the wing is is clean so even though it's only a 55 inch airfoil it gets really really good um really good downforce for that right so and once you got a wing, just just out ahead. of curiosity because like you're obviously very aware of what the fuck you're doing just from listening to you talk but i just for like to to translate it down to what probably a more enthusiast normal like in terms right. of pounds of down for us in terms of what we're seeing and how like the effect that it has on the car mm -hmm. what are we looking at from this relatively i mean from what it sounds like pretty light you know smallish yeah, well, surface area it's yeah it's only about i think about three square feet of wing Right. Uh, it makes about 138 pounds at 100 miles an hour. That's CFD verified. Um, That's bearing in mind that there's about 35-ish pounds of lift on the back of the car at that speed. So you basically, the first 35 is canceling out. So you basically add 100 pounds to the rear. And then that goes up, you know, uh, a pace with speed, obviously, as a square of the velocity. So, 
you know, it probably, I think you were hitting what max, uh, is, uh, like the 140. So you're probably around maybe 200 pounds tops at, at really high speed. And that's on the straightaways where you really don't need it, arguably. Um, so it's not, it's not crazy, you know, it's not over the top wing, but, um, you know, we, it's gotta be something that, that you can balance at the front, right? What we did at the front of the car is, you know, it's not even back to the axle center line, right? It's basically just an oversized nose wing that we're running. Essentially it's a splitter, but right. you know, it's got the hammerhead on it. It's got the end plates, all that stuff. And that was sized based on the downforce we were making at the rear. Right. So, um, you know, in the future, if we're going to go further with that, we're going to have to make some revisions to that in terms of um, extension panels, more area, that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, you got to do everything in balance, right? We want to keep the car in the same balance that it has, being that it's all-wheel drive. It's a little bit, um, I think, what is the factor? Like 57, 43, something like that? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think the aero balance on it is like 55, 45. So we want a little bit more rear-centric with it. Um these cars are always set up to understeer from the factory. It's like a safety thing. Yeah. Track driver, obviously, you want something that rotates at low speed and maybe understeers at high speed. So the aero kit works well for that because it's, you know, it is a little bit nose-centric, and then the wing kind of picks up ground the faster and faster you go because it's got a higher coefficient of lift than the splitter, right? Uh, so that's one of those things you kind of design in. Um, and usually you're your break-even point for the two ends is usually around 75, 80 miles an hour, and then it starts to favor the rear again. That works out really well with most tracks, right? Because, you know, you're, if you want to turn in and rotate the car, you need 60, 70 mile an hour corners, and then the high-speed stuff's where you really want the back end to stick. Um, and, of course, your wing is coming on helping you with that. The other thing about this design, it's a little bit like a rally car design in that it's got the, the large end plates, so that creates a degree of lateral stability as well. That's something that you know Kyle noticed immediately and took it out on the road. Just take your hands off the wheel and the car just tracks. You know, it's like it's like the tail on an aircraft, basically. Um, so and I, I run a, a very wandering alignment setup on the car. Right. And on the highway, if you're doing anything 80 or above, it wants to just tram line and track yeah. all over the road. As soon yeah. as we put the wing on, take hands off and do 140, whatever, and it's just straight perfectly. Mm -hmm. That's so I mean, it's self-correcting, self basically, because the faster you go, the more the center of pressure moves back. It's like flights on an arrow, right? So that yeah. opens up your, uh, like, potential adjustability in caster and all this other shit because the car will naturally track as it is. Right. Fuck, dude, hanging out with smart guys is tight. Um... <laughs> That's what I've been seeing. <laughs> the video that Kyle has on his page, Which one? Uh, the video of him coming around 12, I think uh, really... I think yeah. really so nice. I mean, by, by the way, you posted the picture of the tire. You pulled up the picture of the tire, and that thing does not look yeah, you. No, it looks it's like pretty... somebody just like ran it through shop dust and then put it back on. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's that was an entire front... day. That's those, those were the front, front tires. Yeah, that's it. I mean, those are the front tires. Crazy. After an entire day, that's fuck. Okay, so I have I. You were talking almost... a lot about. Yeah, sorry. You were talking a lot about balance, and I have a, I have a question, and this is like purely from my own fucking ignorance. So I apologize if I'm asking stupid idiot shit. That's the best question, generally. Yo, the dumber I can make you feel publicly, the better off my day is. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, we're, you know, you're you're we're talking about you're you're really neutralizing the rear end in a lot of situations more than you're adding pressure to you're adding a ton of downforce and all that. And obviously, it plays a part. 
but yeah, but, part of it is neutralizing it. Yeah. Just right. Kidding. So are you allowed, is the fact that Kyle's car is relatively low power, right? It's a smallish car. You don't need yep. a but right. You don't need a bunch of downforce at this point right now. If he starts pushing a lot more power, he's taking corners faster. You're going to need to dial that up and really start looking into that. Right. Well, I mean, it, the limiting factor is really going to be the tires right? for two reasons, you know, lateral loading, but just vertical loading too. Right. You start to get yeah. to a point where you, now I've got some customers that run, you know, seven, 800 horsepower cars, you know, in time trial, I got a customer down in Texas that has an M2 that makes about eight fifty. He won't say exactly how much. Yeah. They're real fucking but, ignorant down here. Can't, can't concur. Anyway. <laughs> an M2? Good God. Is it fast enough? It's fast enough. Oh, but um, yeah. <laughs> that car makes 1,300 pounds of downforce to the 100. This car makes about, you know, 350, right? But it's all what you can push. And, um, you know, it's one thing we've been talking a lot about is, like, weight reduction and other things that, you know, allow you to take full advantage of the corner speed. Because uh, right. obviously our, our tires are doing well, but um, that's an indication that, you know, our we're we probably even have more slip angle in the car we could push it a little harder we were kind of kidding around about that the other day and you know we had a lot of bad weather and the track was wet and dry and all that and there's all those things kind of playing the traction so you know he's getting as much as you could out of the car given the changing conditions i think too which is maybe another thing to talk about because we were always chasing it just a little bit right so the fact that you had that consistency was good but um but yeah you don't want to anything push What's that? <laughs> We're stepping on each other. <laughs> it happens, dude. Like, well, yeah, we just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Well, yeah, it's just, Abe hasn't said anything, yeah. so I'm curious to what you had to say. <laughs> well, I, I, even okay. with a relatively, let's say, lowish power vehicle, it does make a big difference because we're able to kind of even out that balance with it. Um, and Kyle's actually putting down times that these M2s and all these high power cars are not able to put down. Um, so it, it's a big testament to all the pieces working together, kind of like Pete's side, Brian's side. It's all coming together in one big picture. Um, and look, if you look at some of the hardcore racers, you even see arrow, major arrow on these little Miatas and stuff. It makes a difference, even, yeah. even on a relatively low power car. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's Especially... the big thing is a lot of it is also, you know, also track dependent and, you know, and really, you know, really balancing that. So I'm going to be at Blackhawk Farms on Monday. I'm <laughs> hopping in the car and I'm going to road Atlanta to, yeah. I'm not, ta- I'm not driving the car after I do that. I'm towing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the way, the way that it's going to be set up at Blackhawk Farms where, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's a really, it's a tighter two mile course versus road Atlanta, or if I bring it up to road America where I can go in and just let it, you know, let it fly. Mm -hmm. Uh, That that's where, you know, that balance that Brian, you know, Brian and I, and everybody we were talking about is do, is the car going to be faster when we go out next week at road Atlanta? If we pull, you know, pull the canards off, if we do this, if we do that, let's, let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, to see where that balancing act is and yep. we're we're kind of in i look at it as we're in kind of rev dot something of the of the evolution of the car as far as really getting it nailed down yeah which is exciting considering how you know how well it did i mean yep. it's 
It was cool, man. It was cool to see, like, I'm seeing Gurney's, like, stories and shit, and he's like, this is fucking sick, and I'm like, look at the boy go, man. He's fucking crushing it. It's tight. <laughs> I loved following that. It's yeah, actually it was... up on my YouTube. I was watching the different days of all the Global Time Attack. I was watching session three literally before yeah. we started this. Yeah. Man, we're honored. <laughs> I mean, we did have a whole month to get ready for this. Yeah, just, just <laughs> one month. Literally, it was from a dream to, like, this is not even possible to actually fully doing it in one month. I mean, that's pretty, that's, that's crazy. Pretty fucking sick. And that's a test a lot of work. To, yeah. How much these dudes obviously support you. That's fucking cool, man. It but, is. Um, you know, funny, I was going to say just for, um, for, for the folks that like, don't or haven't driven with arrow or know kind of like what that feels like the best possible kind of, comparison i can give you is you have a car on stock rubber bushing so bu stock rubber bushings on every control arm right? right you do your initial turn in you can only turn so much before you feel the car's weight settle and then you can turn more so that's right. that rubber bushing deflection most people know what that feels like you give a little turn and then you turn more once the car kind of like has its like grip yeah, you get to it, it settled yes. and you, yeah yeah yes. so the arrow is the kind of the same feeling that I get. So I've got full like heim joint bushings everywhere on the car. So it's it's fully solid. But when you when you give the turn in, you can give a real aggressive turn in, and then mm -hmm. as you feel the car start to slip, there's this kind of like pillow effect just pushing you back, uh... and it, it literally feels like the car is loading back up and giving you support in the area that you're slipping to to push through it. So that you can start adding yeah. more angle. And that's what the big end plates, all of that stuff does. It, it, it really kind of gives you this kind of like buffer to push against. And it, it's a uh, wild feeling. So let me, let me, oversim let me, let me, let me oversimplify that even more, right? Everybody rolling down the road 60 miles an hour, you put your hand out the window. I was just going to say that <laughs> Yeah, man. But if you're sitting at a red light, you put your hand out there, it doesn't do anything. So it's right. like you're feeling that force, and that's what that arrow is is forcing the car or helping, assisting the car to do. And that's where the mad scientist over here, Brian, uh, is able to kind of do all the math and the, the genius things he does to, to put it all together to make it work for Kyle's car. Ryan Lightweight strikes me as the dude that you send into the middle of the jungle with a pocket knife and a box of matches and he builds you a fucking mini mall. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind yeah, of... <laughs> I can see it. Swiss Family Robinson all over again, bro. Yeah, okay. that's kind of... That's like that's what I'm picking yeah. up here. Um, I mean, that's, yeah. that's like an interesting thing to think about, especially when you consider this is happening mid-corner fraction of a second type shit, right? It's like, bink, bink, you know what I mean? Like, it's very, like, quick, but obviously when you're well, flying the fuck around, everything kind of slows down and you're I mean, it's yeah. funny because, like, I totally know what he means about the bushings things because, like, mm -hmm. driving my car with completely stock suspension basically around, like, I totally feel it when the car's like, no, okay, now I can actually, like, yeah, lean into it. And yep. it makes a huge difference if you can just go more aggressive into yeah, it. I'm, I'm yeah. hoping and, that and this. Keep me honest, Kyle. I mean, I think you're able to do corrections in areas of the track where you don't touch the wheel. Like, yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah so like co coming down 12 12 is, is my favorite turn on the entire track it's soft camber it's descending it's very fast and it's a blind entry and right. i mean it, 
has all the recipe of being just dangerous, but man, in this car, it's just fun. <laughs> like no matter how hard you push it, it just keeps taking it. And it's like, it just begs for full throttle the whole way. And then the harder you push it, the more it sticks, which is well, just now arrow though. That's counterintuitive. I was going to say that you have to learn to trust it because if you get on the brakes, it goes away, right? So, like, you have to stay committed and keep going and trust that it's going to catch you. And there are limits to what it can catch, but, you know, it, it does give you some warning. I mean, when you're running on street tires, you know when you're reaching the limits and when your slip angle's getting too high. And, you know, you guys saw that car coming through 12, right? The entire car is just drifting beautifully out to the curbs. It's yeah. doing exactly, like, to Kyle's point, exactly what he wants it to do. And he knows he can trust it and just push it. And that's really a beautiful thing to see. I mean, we're standing there, you know, in the hot pit, watching them come down every time and just, you know, it's your wealth of pride seeing that car because you know it's handling so well. Yeah. That feeling, by the way, that feeling of perfectly pushing a car out through to the, to the very, I used to get that in the canyons in a shitbox 240. And like when you're hitting the edge of that and it's like, I hit this motherfucker perfect and the edge means I didn't die. Which is cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's the you know beauty I mean? of it. It's the most satisfying right, so fucking feeling in the world, dude. Let's talk about fun real quick. Okay. So Saturday morning, Kyle got a call from uh, Road Atlanta, and, and they said, hey, we've we've got some lawn services that we need uh taken care of oh, right, next to the, right next to the S's. Uh, if you could just do a quick run through for us, we'd appreciate it. Our, uh, our, our uh, lawman missed the section. So <laughs> Wait, is there, there's play. video of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think okay. what he figured out is the fastest way through the track is a straight line. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's technically true. That is technically true. It's so, an application that may need a little work, but the, the you know, the hypothesis is correct. But in, in all seriousness, this is a testament to, to Kyle, his ability, but also to Pete and the, the crazy things that he does in the suspension. Uh, but Kyle just trusted his instincts. It looks very anticlimactic because he just went straight through it like he's supposed to do. And then Pete, it just went straight through it because that suspension is pretty badass. And Kyle's like, yeah, it felt like I was riding on a cloud. Any other car would be spinning and flipping in the air. He just wanted a souvenir. He just wanted to take part of the track home. With him, you know? there, was a, there was actually a little piece of clover stuck in the splitter for about a whole rest of the weekend. We didn't take it out because we said, yes. this is a charm at this point. Dude, that was probably costing you two, three tenths, bro. Like that fucking... <laughs> That's the only reason I, I didn't fucking go off on that corner every other time is that goddamn clover. <laughs> that, that was where his 270 degree oil temps came from. It was that stupid clover. Oh my god. That's so funny, dude. Turbulence on the front of the car. Yeah. That's He's attached to it, though. You know, literally. Quite literally. Yeah, you made a friend. You made a friend. Um Jamal is joining us. I think he's just having a technical thing. It's all good. Um, that's fucking funny, dude. I was so I, so I I saw Kyle's car and he he was all stickered up, and he's got all his shit, and I'm like, sup with the livery dog? What are we gonna get? When are we just gonna go full dumbass race car and just <laughs> like put a livery on this thing, man? What's the deal? Don't so give too happening. much away. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. 
Yeah. Secret, but it, it it's coming. If it's not Black Dog, I'm literally going to fly out there and throw hands. Like, I'm just going to let you know right now. <laughs> let's, just, let's just say Miami Vice. I support that too, though. Thousand percent. <laughs> But you gotta get the you gotta get the white suit race suit though, bro. Like you gotta no with the lapels and like the whole fucking yes. But the pink bow tie at the top, yeah. like race yeah. loafers, yeah. no socks. You know what I'm saying? Thousand percent, dog. Thousand percent. Like total cocaine cowboys vibe. Like that's oh that's the God. idea. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's got to be some kind of joke about ripping lines off that wing. Anyway, Jamal, what's up, dude? you rang hey like that shirt where can you get one redmatchpodcast.com anyway don't forget uh, to like and subscribe don't forget to like Ooh. and subscribe yeah Fire hey, y'all shit. Made, y'all didn't wait to the end this time i like it hey, hey. 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 i mean you listened to the end last time uh, hey. Hey. Hey, we appreciate that thank you so much <laughs> Tell your friends we make scumbag media over here. Um, yes. Hey, so with with one question, with how beautiful that tire looked after all that, how did you go through multiple sets of tires? So what what it was is we ran one set of rears the entire event, and then one set of fronts for two sessions of practice on Thursday, the full day on Friday, and then we had a fresh set for Saturday. And both of them look the same. And and what each session is like forty five minutes. Uh, no, these were these were like twenty minute sessions. Okay, okay. Yeah. And Kyle, kind of explain you know for those that don't know why and what you know because what Thursday and Friday were. Yeah, let's and, let's get into that yeah. because and this is a good point to circle back because Jay joined us and stuff. So real quick, this is the Jamal got off work recap. You know Kyle, he drives a golf car. This is Abe. He does driving instruction, etc. He also kind of advises and helps with shit. You know Pete too, because he's smart as fuck. And this is yeah. my gentleman. My gentleman to, to, to the right is Brian. He built that sick ass Wang that's on Kyle's car. Wang. So basically, okay, okay. there's three Got smart the whole dude. team in there. Yeah, there's three smart guys. A guy that apparently drives all right, and then us. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> So anyway, I'm glad I can make it. Yeah, perfect. And then there's Jamal. So, all right. So yeah, for everybody who doesn't know, because we've been rattling on about lap times and how sick Kyle is and how dope his cock is or whatever, and we haven't said a word about what the fuck I told you was going to make it back in the show. Yeah, um, um, <laughs> explain for the folks at home what Global Time Attack Challenge is. What Time Attack Alice Challenge is? This will just said nice cock, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, you, nice guy, Kyle. <laughs> I'm in it. All right, we're, make, we're making T-shirts. Anyway, yeah, please explain what Global Time Attack Challenge is, how it breaks down, what the classes are, kind of where you land in this whole situation. Yeah, so the classing honestly is a little bullshit. I mean, it's it's cool, but it's a little bullshit. So the most competitive class is street. The times yeah. that the guy, so it goes enthusiast street limited unlimited i'm racing in limited enthusiast is kind of like hey you just started this we want to see you move up to the street class do some modifications to your car move to street class like they they actively try to bump you to street street class Mm -hmm. is absolutely the most competitive the most people are involved in that 
but it's also cars like what Abe has. So SS1 mm. LE ZL1, uh, A90 Supras, like the top of the top, what you can possibly get. And like factory I mean, sports car type shit. Like, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so for reference, in, in okay. limited, the, <laughs> the top time was, I think, a 31 or so okay. in limited. In street, class, class, yeah, a class down, the top time was a 125. Yep. Five Jeez. seconds faster. And he was not, class. he was slower than the record too by about four tenths. The record in street is is a one twenty four eight, I believe, something like that. So hold the fuck. You read a one thirty eight. So he's fourteen fucking seconds faster. What was he driving? If you don't let me asking, yep. you know. Uh, oh god, what was that one? Uh, oh, was that, uh, uh, was Jack and Ding. So that was an A ninety yeah, super. But Jack and Ding is like the king of street class. Holds records all over the country in in, uh, yeah. yep. in uh, grid life and global time attack. So he's you know. He's legit. So, but my question is, is, so like, what is the differentiation between enthusiasts yeah. is like, you have a stock car. That's kind of fun to drive. Let's see how fast you can go. Right. And then street is arrow. arrow. It's all arrow. All yes. of it. So, so basically they, they don't care about your, your power to weight. They don't care about any of that type of shit. It's all what your vertical like diagram looks like. So if they take a picture of your car from like top down, how far does your shit stick out? So, like, street, they bring everything, like, really far in. Like, you can only have, like, a five-inch splitter sticking off. Like, it's really short all the way around. So, they're dialing in, like, a ton of mechanical grip. Exactly. But certain cars, though, certain cars are, are good for it. Like, the Supra has the stock wing. It has the ability to put a bigger wing on from stock and right. still fit in the rules. So there's like a lot of things that you can do with like it, like Abe's car, for instance. Like it comes mm-hmm. with a wing, comes with a splitter package already that makes crazy downforce. No, and it's everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, so shit. I cool. mean, theoretically speaking, you could put a fucking ACR Viper in that motherfucker, and it makes a thousand pounds yes. of downforce from the factory, right? Okay, yep. so the class yep. is bullshit. All right, fucking global so, attack. It's a hack sport, is what it is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and you get to limited with me, yeah. and and limited is like. It's kind of like the growing class, but I felt it being the the class where I would be most competitive. So it's really the class of folks going from street, working their car to get to unlimited. Okay. So it's like, okay, hey, I've I've graduated out of street. I've started adding more arrow. I've got the power already. What's the progression to get to that unlimited class? And mm-hmm. and limited is where kind of all those guys like fit. But for me, it felt most competitive because, like, all the guys in that group are all in the 30s. They're all, like, roughly close to me in time. And, like, had I been able – so we, we ran Abe's Apex in the car to, to figure out, like, you know, G-loading, like, how the car does through corners, like, all that sort of data stuff. And an optimal lap time, which obviously is something I did not do, but it put the best sections together. Right, okay. And it was a 133, which would have taken a podium. Yep. So basically, if you could have put a single run together that was flawless start to finish. Podium. So yeah, that takes like, all, that... His, all his best sections that he's actually executed. Oh, okay. puts, And that's actually within one session. 
puts them all together and says, okay, this is your optimal lap. A lot of people hate that, especially yeah. in our world, going by optimal lap. But Well, it's kind of a yeah, mindfuck, right? Because it's just like, you're good actually, enough, but not all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, actually, it's like, it's like it was 132. A 132? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a fast time. I mean, that's six seconds. Yeah. See? You're not even so this is yeah because now it's like that be your best self Kyle you know what I mean like <laughs> I have second in the corner but it doesn't work out that way but that's yeah one way to think about it a place like Road Atlanta right and there's some weird yeah. compound corners there but um, it's a lot to change yeah depending on the track right it can be difficult to chain yeah. that together especially when you can hit those really critical sections where it's like hey you're gonna lose a fuckload of time in this one corner if you don't do this exactly right and it's like well I'm gonna do that right like nine percent of the time so. This is what it is. <laughs> the the argument is as well with optimal is is you could hit an optimal corner, but you will never hit the one after it. Correct. In in right. the optimal fashion, if you say. hit the one before yeah. it optimally. Right. right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's bring it one corner, rip your way through, and completely screw up your exit. Right, fuck yeah. your positioning for the rest of it. Especially if it's like yeah. a multi-corner chain, right? It's like, well, now yeah. I'm fucked for the next three and we suck. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's yeah, yeah that's right. So it, it is just, it's a measurement tool. It's not really yeah. like a benchmark, it, right? It gives you that, that goal that's reasonable to shoot for. So it's like, it's not something that's like unattainable. It's just something that like, hey, it's going to be hard to hit, but right. you can achieve it. You right. can get there. Right, you're not gonna have to like I'm gonna run a 125. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, you know what you gotta do. No, no chance. <laughs> what do what do we gotta you do? Really get it in. Uh, I, 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 I can actually it. remember back to when I was in high school and I, my sophomore gym coach taught me something. He said, "If you set your goals for two or three feet, you'll hit them. If you set them for seven or eight, you might get to five or six. And that's how I look at that right. that that's time. Fact, yeah. Right. Shoot for the yeah. moon, and you'll hit the stars, or some one of the way or the other. I don't know. I what, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Jamal, it's actually come up. right. So, so we had a whole fucking argument about how the the Type R is a legitimate sports car. You have to call it what it is, right? You you don't have to what say it's like the fastest fucking thing on the planet, but it is a sports car at this point. But it's mm -hmm. way too fucking expensive, God. especially the Integra Type S. That's fucking asinine. Fifty one thousand, fifty two thousand dollars. Fifty two, yeah. No. Okay, so y'all y'all went y'all went through a list like fifteen minutes long of vehicles that are better choices than that but there is really only one and that is the elantra in okay so i, I, I have to say okay. my nephew got one of those and for thirty thousand dollars the the car's sick okay so wait i'm really i'm fucking super into this conversation because i brought this car up in like the weekend drives chat like seven months ago and i was like it's ugly as fuck but it looks kind of like it might be a thing. Like this could be, and Lenny being Lenny, right? He's like, oh, it's a fucking under and it's $30,000. Um, you know, Grandpa Lenny fucking hates everything. But <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man. Like, oh, super, this looks like you could have something. And from what I've seen out of the Korean cars, the boosted engines take to tuning pretty well. You know what I mean? Like there's some shit. I've, I've seen some quick stingers here and there and some shit. And I'm like, okay, I haven't really seen like too many built Veloster ends or anything like that. But so yeah, please elaborate. I've seen some built Velosters. I've seen a lot of the uh, the stingers out here. Yeah, that are yeah. kind of quick. So this is coming. Good, Pete. Yeah, I was gonna say, Kyle, we had. To, I think we brought this up on the last chat. Is the you know the N 
comes from the fact that they hired the head of M from BMW and brought him over. They hired Audi's design team Mm -hmm. and brought him over. So I don't necessarily like the, uh, uh, the, the exterior styling, but you sit inside inside the Elantra it's a nice place to be yeah the interior looks super nice yeah i it's just they they hired they they brought on the right people and let them fly and uh, damn so i want to i want to hear it he's trying to talk i want to hear it i want to know all right so that guy pretty it started out in honda world but quickly I went to Solo and I was hooked. So, uh, I mean, I immediately dumped every Honda I'd ever, every all the parts and bins <laughs> and everything was gone. Uh, so anyway, I've had countless VAG cars. Lastly, was a seven and a half Golf R. Um, mm-hmm. Got to got to the stage of kind of make it or break it with going Kyle's route or and breaking shit all the time and, and doing things that I mean, he has more money in his uh, golf R than I have in my ZL1 1LE. And, but anyway, for track for sure. car, I made, <laughs> make me cry. Like, he does, but I, I made the decision to go ZL1. But anyway, um, and so I, what an idiot, right? 650 horsepower <laughs> rear wheel drive and big fucking wing and great chassis dynamics. What a fucking dumbass this guy is. So anyway, fast forward, I I run transportation on the international side, uh, air and ocean freight for Hyundai. And uh, so kind of had my choice in vehicle and Elantra N was the choice. Um, I went into it with very low expectations. Also that like I would never be caught dead in a Hyundai, have always hated Hyundais, always thought they were just pieces of garbage. Uh, historically speaking, this, not wrong. yeah yeah yeah, yeah you're, you're right there i yeah. gotta say stock for stock and i have put almost thirty thousand miles on this car in a less than a, uh, a little bit more than a year uh-huh. it's a better car than the golf r um i mean hands down that is a big uh, statement that's a lot it of is right hands down i've driven it and Kyle agree. I a thousand percent agree. Oh shit. Even with the front wheel oh. versus all wheel. Really? Yeah. Stock for stock. And like it, it it like it kills me to say it, but stock for stock, not even the same class. Like you you put the N against an M M two forty. No. Like Hundred percent. Look at the 100%. interior of this Hyundai, though. No, like, dude. The I, thing. I, I, listen, dude. Those dude, things, I'm totally like, looking at it. Yeah, are we all gonna go buy a Elantra ends now? Like, those no. are... I, I can't. Like, I couldn't believe it. It it feels heavy. Everything in it feels heavy. I'm looking. The doors swing like a BMW. The seats yeah. hug you better than what BMW does. Like it's. Man, it, it it fucking kills me to say it, but like shit, it it's it's hard to comprehend yeah. how good that car. Bro, is. there's a used it, one with nine thousand miles on it for thirty six right now. 
Like, I could literally go... <laughs> you can adjust the launch control tool? Bro, it's in the it's in the Carvana vending machine 15 minutes from my house. Like, I could go buy this car right now. So, all right, all right, so you guys know, like, BW and the whole, like, DCC, like, sport, comfort, normal, all that bullshit? Yeah. Right. It, it, it maybe changes it from, like, you know, rattling your jaw to, like, slightly rattling your jaw. Like, it's the same shit. Like, it doesn't really change anything of the engine dynamics or how the car handles that car you feel a significant difference between every mode it's yeah. it's wild like their their in button on the steering wheel is the same shit as the m button that the m5 has like yeah. it, it it's mind-blowing he's not can... s- fucking sliding this car are you fucking kidding me all right so wait here's the real question Abe. do you have the dct or the manual Abe. 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 I think Abe's frozen. I, th- I think his oh, painkiller is kicked in. He has the DCT. He has the DCT. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, he's yeah. full. He's either very. He's either smoldering hot right now, or yeah, he's just. <laughs> Sorry, I I was having some technical difficulties. Oh no, you're good. My, so you so you have the DCT. I do. So and it's okay. I don't what, hate. Let's say I have. I have I have a real man's transmission in the uh, in the track car. Um, I drive sixty miles one way to the office in Atlanta traffic, and it also has to be a car that my wife can drive. Um, and so, I, if it's DCT, if I had to go that route, at least that's the best way to go. Yeah. I hate it. It's actually the first automatic vehicle that I drive, uh, except for my truck, but. Um. Uh, yeah, but the DCT is freaking phenomenal. That was Way my better. Okay. Yep. Better than what do they call it in the golf? Okay. Yeah. Do you have DSG. these bucket seats in yeah. the car? I think those are the yeah. only seats it comes with. Yeah. I do not believe there's a ton of packages. The seats on this car. are freaking awesome. They're incredible. What's up? Yeah, very grippy. Do you can just like the color and what kind of transmission? Other than that, there ain't shit for options. I just love I'm nope, fucking nope. with that. So 32. Right, and let's, I let's, went, let's do this. I went performance bit. blue. And okay. honestly, the styling for me, yeah, it is out there, but I like it even better than the Civic Type R, honestly. Well, I actually, the new Civic Type R, it, it's a they, better looking they, car than the last It one. is. I'll give you that. It was, it, and it's way better than the Elantra, but, um, and I've, Chased down a Civic Type R, a new one in the canyons. Um, stomped his ass, not thinking it's the Elantra is a better car. Yeah, but, but he put another fifteen <laughs> fucking grand into that thing. If you put fifteen grand in your Elantra, and you're probably eating that fool's fucking lunch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so, it probably it was about 2002, 2003. I was doing a lot of work down with uh, Harmon Becker, the automotive speaker group in Indiana. Okay, and. Uh, the engineers just got out of a meeting with the Hyundai engineers and everybody, you know, the Hyundai engineers left the building. The Harmon engineers were laughing. And I asked them, I said, what's so funny? They said, you guys, you're not going to believe this, Pete. Hyundai just came out here to talk about the sound systems they wanted to put in their cars. And they just called it out. They said, in, in 10 years, we're going to start making cars that have the driving dynamics of the German cars but the quality of the Japanese cars and it's going to take people some time to catch on to that. And that's exactly where they are. 
you know, it's, it's got, really Kyle, to yeah. your point about just how solid it feels. It, it doesn't feel like a Honda or a Toyota. If you like, if you close the door too hard, you're going to rip the door card off. It, it's just they. I got to give them a lot of credit, and I, even for somebody of my vintage, if I was going to buy one of them, honestly, I would buy a Veloster. I think the Veloster is a bitten looking car. This motherfucker said buy a vintage. Let me let me hood, let me hood trans let me let me. Yeah, let me hood translate that real quick. You an old bitch, man. You might want to take a look at what I'm <laughs> Yo, and, and of everyone complaining about how late it is getting onto the podcast, Pete was the only one not Motherfucker was anything. like ready to go, dog. He was <laughs> like, I gave, I gave him permission. I gave him permission to join the chat and point five seconds later, he was like in there ready to go, baby. David Goggins of cars. Dude, so yeah, really. So thirty-three grand, two hundred and seventy-six horsepower, almost three hundred foot-pounds of torque. You can get it with a. It's an eight. Is it a six or an eight-speed auto? So that is my biggest complaint with it. Is it is an eight-speed, and so it just makes it to where, in like pedestrian driving, it. It's it just confused like a little bit. It gets confused and it's just jumping up to eight and then dropping and um, so yeah. Benzes do that, that part, shit too, though. You know what I mean? Like you could buy a fucking hundred thousand dollar Benz and they suck in slow traffic. They're fucking hunting yeah. gears all the time. Yeah, you know, no, I have an eighth gear. It's fucking stupid. You know who I didn't fuck up though, their multi speed transmission? Not to interrupt. You didn't fuck up multi speed transmission. Chevy with the A10 yeah. that's in the Z01. Yes. That tranny is fucking. Chef's yep. kiss. Uh, that thing's fucking are ridiculous. Are you talking about trannies now? <laughs> <laughs> I got a case of Bud Light in the fridge. That's the only joint I'm going to make. That's the only oh, one. That's it. That's all we're going to do. We're going to win. Anyway. I'm not even going to say You saw the meme where the dudes in the... fine on track. Yeah. What? So... <laughs> oh, my God. Mike tried to make a joke. Something about trannies on track. I don't know what just happened. No, but did you see the dude, the video with the dudes in the supermarket and he's ripping all the fucking beer out of the, the aisle oh, and it's yeah. fucking Miller Lite? You the wrong <laughs> beer? Fucking idiots, dude. No, didn't Miller Lite just do something or was that Coors? No, no, Coors has been done doing the thing. They've been up it's with the gays since like yeah. the 80s, bro. Yeah, yeah like it's... No, no, Bud Light did, no, no, Bud Light had the tranny situation and one of the other beer companies just did something this week as well. Oh, not as bad, but still, oh. like, what, what do you guys It wasn't even bad. They said somebody a case of beer oh, with their oh, face oh. on it. Anyway. No, no. Somebody was saying, like, uh, I don't I don't know. I don't even want to talk about it. But yeah, I, I remember <laughs> what it was. Right move. That is, we're going to yeah. back away from yeah. the whole fucking yeah, conversation. Get that conversation. I'm going to get that all over there. White Claw that have never had a White Claw in their life. <laughs> that's the funniest fucking thing to me. last comment is that they're so pissed off about Bud Light you know how many grown ass men with beards I see in Texas pounding white claws with their fucking lifted trucks you're all a bunch of bitches Dude. anyway I'm about, to, I'm about to invest in happy dad <laughs> somebody anyway holy shit okay what the fuck are we talking about? This is the tangents we get on. Uh, yeah. Let, let me reel it back in. I will say, even though it has eight. We're years, talking about the uh, uh, yeah. automatic car. 
Yeah, automatic. Yeah. So it, 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 the shifting dynamics um, and the transmission itself, actually phenomenal. It's one of the best feels. Just eight's too many. That's all it is. And the um, LSD in it, it just pulls you through turns. Uh, it's it's just wild. It's wild how good. Have you taken that car on the track? I have. I had four people in the car on Road Atlanta, and I turned to 143, all of us giggling like a bunch of blooming fucking idiots. And it was, and everybody got out of the car like, this is... Like this back to brakes and all? Oh, yeah. The, the brakes are pretty good. I mean, they could be better. Are you like a padded fluid away from like a really decent brake setup? Or is it like... have a No, no. It, no, it's, it's, it's good. It's a great feel. The only, the only thing I've done to the car is I put Motul 660 in it just so I don't have to worry about boiling the fluid. Right. Other than that, I haven't, I haven't touched it. Uh, it, the car is unlike a Volkswagen. It is tail happy in a way, so it, it has great turn in. You're no understeer. It actually, the rear walks on you. Mm-hmm. It it feels absolutely amazing. And everybody that drives the car, everybody that gets in the car, everybody that gets out of the car from the track is like this. It 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 should not be this good. It, and the reviews are real, guys. It you got me really fucking good. like. You got me really like fucking like. I'm reading. I cannot. Some, let me reiterate. Right? I cannot fucking believe I'm saying this about a goddamn Hyundai. Because here's the thing: if the if the Integra Type S was not fifty two thousand dollars, like real talk, if it was like low forties, I would legitimately consider it. Like I would go to. I, yeah. I had three GSRs as a exactly. Right, right, but yeah. once you put it, once you put another fucking ten racks on that shit, like, well, bro, let's fucking, it's still just a really nice Honda. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's not get too big for <laughs> yeah. our britches out here, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and that's what your logo says. Exactly, dude. You know what I'm saying? And like that really fucking, honestly, it bummed me the fuck out that they priced it that way, because it's not. First of all, it's not eight thousand dollars more car than a Civic Type R. It's just not. No. Period. So anyway, I'm not gonna go on that whole fucking rabbit hole again. But um, I'm gonna go okay. test drive. One. I'm gonna go test drive one of those things. I am. I'm gonna You'll go, be hooked, I want, man. Like, I want to feel the dude. power between my legs, brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> tell tell the Ministry of Finance to go ahead and open the checkbook because you're screwed if you drive it. I know exactly <laughs> what you meant by that comment, and I fucking <laughs> hate it. Yes, absolutely. But it's it's so ministry. good. And it's, like that's what's and it's and crazy. it's and and it's it's reliable and it it's four doors you got kids right it's yeah i probably the reliability to... yeah it's not it's, i've had a couple issues okay the what do we have throttle, that we okay, like what? throttle body and then the transmission issue um the whole freaking car to have yeah transmission issue is pretty scary because it goes into like this crazy limp mode but it's not even limp mode the car won't fucking move oh, thankfully I heard about this. yeah thankfully i actually learned at first i was like okay shut the car off shut the car back on and it's good to go right. and i learned actually if i throw it neutral fast enough when it like because it'll just start flashing messages if i pop it in neutral fast enough it'll just go away and then i can put it back and we're good to go but to their defense yeah did the recall on everything they had to do it twice but it's fixed i've put like a good 8,000 miles and haven't had any issues at okay. all. And then throttle body issue. 
they're, they said the throttle body was bad and they've ordered one. I think it was all the transmission because it hasn't done anything since then. Yeah. Um, so the thing that sucks, which I think is somewhat universal right now, especially with low budget brands, but the dealer experience kind of blows. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's yeah. not exactly even the dealer. It's just that like, even for a freaking oil change, which I do all my own work, but I'm still on the free oil changes. Yeah, so, you're not gonna yeah, pay I mean, for some shit yeah, somebody else is getting free. Yeah, so but uh, I mean you're talking at the fastest 30 days out. But every time I've uh, needed an oil change, it's been at least uh, like almost two months every time until I can get an appointment. Yeah. So it's that that's like kind of sucks. So if I had Yep, and so if I had what? something in it, and I've heard because I work for them as well. If you have something major, like you're without a car or waiting, like you can dump that thing off because it won't even start, and they're not going to look at it until months out. They don't make it any faster, and so there's there's some angst against that. So that's really the only I think downside to this car right now is the dealer, the dealer experience. experience. Kind of, the problem kind of is, is that you're 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 going to go after a market because mm-hmm. like Tim and I work for Audi, and like their support's super good, but like you're kind of going after that market. Like even like looking at the interior and the touchscreen and all of that stuff, like There's some nice shit in there, dude, that's the market yeah. you're going after. Oh, and man. Expect- the expectations that you're trying to set right now, yep. dude, like you're talking high end Audi, Mercedes, BMW. If you're going to go after that and you're not prepared to give the service, well, like let's not even, we don't even need to go that high. Like if you look at like Nissan, Toyota, Honda, it was right? not like that at Nissan. No, maybe not. Oh, for, no, I'm you got to keep in mind. I yeah. I live in the heart of Atlanta, so you're talking big, major city here, which is fair. Um, yeah, so you, you, I'm compounding that a little bit with where I live. So you know, take that into credit. You mentioned the multimedia, though. It is freaking awesome. Like, is it? and it's it's all yeah. digital. It's fast responsive carplay i wish it had wireless carplay it doesn't okay. got that. <laughs> yeah and is the funny thing is is the other ones do but this one doesn't for some reason yeah but you but, can aftermarket that shit for like 50 yeah, yeah, if yeah. You want it that bad. yeah i need if you if you got a plug on a good one i don't i get advertisements all the time but yeah let i'm me know. exaggerating for 50 bucks so mike put one in his skyline and he was really happy with it um i will say this i have wireless carplay in my car and it's dope, but it destroys your fucking battery. And then it's like, yeah. oh, just plug it in, put it on a wireless charger. <laughs> okay. And then now my car is, my phone's hot, and then it gets so hot it won't charge anymore. And then it shuts itself off. And Bluetooth's yeah. running all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's stupid. Like, yeah. when you know, I would have cars that everybody is, wanted, like, what? wireless CarPlay, it's like, dude, it literally is instantly syncing data from your phone to the car. Like, did you think your battery was just going to no. last? all day Uh i yeah i honestly have if it wasn't for the fact that it's just so fucking convenient that you get in your car and the thing just knows yeah it's tight it's it's sick that part's amazing like i love that but like i'm constantly yeah it is really difficult to plug the cord in though my car does that (laughs) (laughs) i love it (laughs) they have pills for that um, First there was keys and now it's you know plugging in cords and so (laughs) unlike 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 Toyota and even Chevy, like they are no questions asked. Like oh. I, I, there's a guy um, a couple weeks ago on the face one of the big Facebook groups. 
literally trailered his car in, blown motor from the track, numbers, everything on it, brought it in. They're like, yeah, no problem. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And Chevy, and I've heard good and bad, and, it, and a lot of times if you get involved with uh, corporate and, and you oh. make a big stink, then you, you can make it work through. But they give you a hard time. Um, and then I've heard, you know, Audi's cracking down on things like that. You guys know that, the Volkswagen and everything. And I'm one, uh, yay! Yeah, and then you're freaking <laughs> screwed forever. Yep, yep. So, yeah. but, but I think about... that's the difference, though. Is if you modify the Hyundai, your warranty's out. But if you're driving yeah. into ground on track stock, they're... so. But there's a tuning company that completely does a separate ECU. Pull it, okay. dump it, swap it out. Plus, the same guy that took us in on the trailer had intake, um, I, I think it's a diverter valve, a, a bunch of stuff done, and he put um, it back to stock before he took it, and they didn't even – I mean, it's obvious yeah. you guys work in, in any kind of shop. Yeah, I mean, you can tell when that stuff – and they knew it. They didn't care. This is Hyundai you're talking about? They didn't give a fuck? They were just like, working whatever? Nope. I did it. I blew this sand motor up, but I fucking took that shit back to stock, and I fucking drove that shit all the way to the dealership till it froze. They towed that bitch down there. They're like, "Can you produce oil change receipts?" I was like, "Yeah, sure. Here you go." And like, found it. They're like, "Okay, brand new motor. All this shit. This shit's all lowered out. Big ass wheels and shit on it. Like, (laughs) if they can't prove it, bro, right?" Yeah. We've got two Audi dealers in Milwaukee, and one of them. They're absolutely horrible. We I drive over to the other one, and they get it. You bought an RS car, you're gonna do something with it. Yeah, RS car, you're gonna do something to it. Well, like, this is this is funny. Did you hear that Toyota just declined another engine replacement on a GR86 no bone way. stock car? Yeah, dude, warm up laps, fucking engine, let's go. They're like, we're not fixing it. And it was probably the oil pickup car. issue. Yeah, from the yeah. Here's RTV. the other. Fu- Here's the other fucked up part. Do you know that they explicitly honor track incidents in every other country on the planet where they sell cars except for the United States? I did not know oh, that. I just found that out today. You know the last one that was warranted for track issues in the U.S.? Uh, it was part of the VW community. So this dude had a Mark 7 GTI, okay. sold it for the GR86. As soon as he got it, took it on track for the for – the, Paid for by Toyota track day. The 13 grand one, yeah. And he blew it up. First day on track. First day. And because he's, he's he was fairly hooked up on the VW community, he, like, posted about it. Everyone made a big stink. Like, we all made, like, memes and funny videos about it and, like, posted on Toyota. His shit was replaced, I mean, instantly. Hmm. Instantly. And Toyota, then as soon as yeah. that happened, soon as that happened, they dropped US from having track replacements. No shit. So it was the fucking vag boys that did it. They, 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 no, they fucking knew something was wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, listen, Toyota has done a few things in bad faith that often get overlooked, right? Like actively lobbying against electric cars long enough for, get, for them to get their shit together because they were banked on hybrids for so long. And now they have an electric lineup. They're like, actually, do whatever the fuck you want. I'm okay with them blocking that shit. <laughs> Listen, right? Play the game. I I am firmly I, I in the camp of the Honda Civic though, where it would just randomly start bucking and dying, and re- repeated 
repeated complaints about this all the time. And which, which generation? It was a 94. Cool, man. So some of you, some of you might be able to remember that far back. Uh, but Honda denied it. They, they kept on saying, this is not a problem. You could bring in article upon article about it. And they just absolutely denied that there's a problem with the car. And it would just randomly do this. It was like it started hitting fuel cut. And I'm like, fuck this. I'll never buy another Honda product again. I traded it in uh, and, and got rid of it right away. Because the, the worst time it would do it is when you're trying to make a left turn in front of a truck. <laughs> hey, you want to talk about it, man? <laughs> My car would cut off and I was trying to turn left real fast. That is some. That is some. Like, so I had. So I had like actually really because we're talking about dealer experiences and shit. I had my first Karen moment as a new car owner. It's not even really a Karen moment, but I bought a new car as a daily. I bought an Outback Wilderness, whatever. It's got like five thousand miles on it. I got in November, right? Those roads are shit in Texas. It's perfect. I bomb around all over the place. It's great. I got a rattle, and usually I don't give a shit. I drove shit box cars forever. My fucking STI was loud as shit. Everything rattled, whatever. But this car's not loud. And this rattle is right here. So it's right by my ear all the time. And it's anytime you hit any kind of vibration in the road, it goes, it sounds like a rate, like a radiometer, the fucking clacking, cracking shit. Yeah. And it just like, and I have a 38 mile commute to work, dog. So I'm just listening to this shit at seven 30 in the morning, just going every morning. Like, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I was like, I took my wife's car in to get an oil change. And I was like, I'm about to do something that I never thought I'd ever do. The guy goes, what's up? I was like, I need to make an appointment for you guys to diagnose an interior rattle. (laughs) And I I looked the guy, I looked the service writer dead in his face and I was like, I've never felt like a bigger pussy than at this moment right now. (laughs) At least you admit it. My car's making a sound on the inside. Right. Let me me guarantee you what's going to happen. No, no, no. Check it out. I got it back today. I wasn't, no, I'm not a pussy. You want to know why? Airbag was loose. Oh. Oh. So I curtain airbag bracket was loose and it was rattling around. So I actually probably I was, saved my own fucking life there. I was about to be wrong because I was going to tell you that they were just going to say, oh, we don't, we can't duplicate the problem. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love I that one. That's so great. I took my S4 to Mike to get an interior rattle taken care of that oh, I hear God. every day when I was driving from Elk Grove to Rockland. So I go on a road test with the foreman. 30 minute road test could not duplicate the rattle. I drive home that night. Are you fucking kidding me right now? I drove this guy around for 25 minutes and could not get it to rattle. He was like, bitch, I'm not going to make flag today because of this shit. Can we go back to the shop, please? It's probably the test. The rattle was in the passenger. Rattle came from customer's butt plug. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) His batteries were loose in his flashing butt plug. Hey, we came full circle from the last episode. So so I wanna wanna know more about about global time attack. We didn't talk about like how like yep. points work and like are you going to another event is there is there more yeah so so for this year they have a slightly like truncated schedule 
Um, so this was the last East Coast event. Everything else will be West Coast for the rest of the year. So you're or... gonna come to Thunder Hill? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. If I had if I had a way to like trailer the shit out there, yes. Um, Just fucking drive. No, so I'm I'm focusing. Yeah, I mean we could. <laughs> we could. Just drive um, that dog box all the way to fucking Thunder. <laughs> Oh my god, that would suck. And then drive it home. That's six years when I left Atlanta, I got two by the time I got to California. (laughs) He also has a way to drive that shit. Like it's it's awful on the highway. Like it is so fucking loud. Like if you think your exhaust is loud in any car, come sit in this at Gearwine's a different bitch, dude. Gearwine is a whole different fucking animal, bro. You don't know what that shit's like until you like. So, um, do you want to remember nine K back in the day? Did you ever? Did you ever ride in the WRX yeah. they were building at the time? The white one. Yeah. So yeah. it 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 had like um. He had no synchros like first to fourth in that thing, right? And then fifth and sixth were the cruiser gears for the freeway. Because that always works, right? Anyway, the dude drives it around in the parking lot, and it's full open tube, whatever, built fucking EJ. This is like a 600-horsepower WRX, and this is like 2009. So you know how much money is in this piece of shit engine at this point, right? And he's just driving it around the parking lot, and I can't hear a fucking thing coming out of this dude's mouth. <laughs> just yep. fucking whole way just driving around. So, yeah, no, I would never want to drive that on the freeway ever. Especially yeah, not no, for twenty seven hundred miles or whatever the fuck it yeah. is, dude. So like literally, when I leave the track, like I'll call like Pete to give him like the download. I've got like noise canceling headphones in, and yep. I'm driving. He's like, I can't hear fucking shit. Call me when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you find it clear, it makes it even worse. I mean, it's like you hear the fuel pump running, everything. Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah. The search uh, thing's the other part of it. And as soon yeah. as you crank that up, is oh, because it's in the back. Huh? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So box, so it resonates and all the shit. So yep. Kyle, so, let, let's let's go back to because uh, we we got <laughs> all the way through this because of tires. Um, but uh, let's talk to the tire strategy and why it mattered because what what the days meant for the global time attack, real quick. Yeah, what he said. Yeah, good good point. <laughs> so, so yeah, so the way the the global time attack structures everything is that. It, it's technically two days of competition, three total day event. First day is kind of like your practice setup type shit that mm-hmm. you get. Yeah, yeah. So they give you two extra long sessions on that first day to kind of like set yourself up, figure out the track, figure out your strategy, and then you go into Friday and do your testing. So our whole idea is that we we had four uh pre-heat cycled tires that were brand fucking new all courtesy of of mr pete here um absolutely like beautiful fucking tires like the best heat treating that like i've got i've never had tires that were heat treated before i got them like it was it was awesome service like, please just, explain like, that because you got to remember you're you're we're talking to a lot okay. of people who've never do something like that so yeah right. so, so essentially there there's an option that tire rec gives you to heat cycle a tire where mm-hmm. they basically heat it up they drive it against a road force drum okay. they kind of get the rubber and all the compound molded together and basically in its optimal performing fashion right right mm-hmm. from the get-go so as soon as you get this tire you should be able to go out and just fly on it because 
the, so the chemical the process happens. involved in tires. Yeah, yeah. It actually right. the rubber starts to go in and re, uh, basically kind of relink itself. Yeah. And if you do it in a in a consistent, controlled manner, you can try and do it when you're on a track. Uh, but you're never kind of getting up and maintaining that optimal temperature at mm -hmm. which the rubber starts to form. So think think of throw, you know, think of making jello. If you don't have the temperature right, it's never gonna go in and turn into jello. It's either it's gonna stay liquid. Right. So when you heat cycle that tire, it lets everything form together properly, all the rubber links together, your life of the tire goes up significantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's ready to go, and it's also done uh, in, in again a very consistent manner when they do it in the lab. And it's the same thing applies to brake pads. When you uh, pre-bed a brake pad in, and you bake a brake a brake pad in the oven, mm -hmm. and you bring it up to temp and let it cure all the way through, uh, the brake pads will last longer. See, I've <laughs> never, like, never fucking heard of that. Inside of to the to the grassroots to the to the grassroots guy that maybe's just getting into tracking and you're getting some tires from tire rack check that box for yeah. uh mm -hmm. heat cycle because i'm telling you it it and this isn't scientific but it doubles the life of a tire i've done non-heat cycled and then heat cycled massive what's the, massive what's the cost lift on it's, having 15, it's like 20 oh yeah, for fuck's sake yeah so it's like yeah. okay yeah. really that's it Another oh, yeah. sixty bucks. That's yeah. That's nothing, yeah. dude. Yeah. When I you're mean, are, are you talking about like doubles the track life of these tires too? Yeah, and I, I might be exaggerating of slightly. Of course you are. But, but, depend, do, but more life, depends on the like, car. But it's noticeable but enough that you would say that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I just tires, bought these tires. Well, you're <laughs> fucked now, buddy. So yeah. But but, but track the heat cycles in them too, and this allows you to get more heat cycles, right? Like yep. that's. It's almost a better way to track how the tire is. You have a tire still has tread on it, but it's, it could be cycled out because you got 30 heat cycles on it, and it turns into black chalk at some point. And it's right. just no good. Well, and I think, and that that was kind of what I was saying is like there, people are like, oh, this tire is super grippy, and this one's not. It's like it's not just the compound. Well, it is the compound itself, but it's not just the design of the tread of the tire. It is what how the chemical makeup of the tire is designed. What is its application? Right. Like even when you look at winter tires, the rubber holds up at cold temperatures. That's its point. Right. right. So it's designed to maintain yeah. at a lower temperature. They're shit when they're hot. That's not what they're made for. Right. It's the right. same kind of situation. Yeah. This is why Paul Walker died. Just going to leave that there. But <laughs> and I had this long conversation with one of the one of the factory test engineers for Goodyear. And we are talking about heat cycling. Mm -hmm. And he was real adamant, like when they were working on the supercar threes and the supercar three R's, what they realized is that not every heat cycle is equivalent to every other heat cycle. Right. So if yeah. you're running, if you're heat cycling a tire and you're at, you know, 90% or hundred percent of the optimal slip angle, mm -hmm. those heat cycles are more detrimental to a tire than not running it because it's not just the rubber it's the sidewall it's the cord yeah it's the everything in the tire so i would get into this conversation all the time with the, a lot of the people that you know they they run their audis in the streets of mexico and they're like well you don't want to drive your ao52s out every day because you're getting them up to operating temp and you're heat cycling them just by taking them to work and back and forth it's like no 
that heat cycle is not the same as going out and running on track. Right. Uh, right. And like so, a four hour Canyon session is not akin to a 15 minute track session, right? Like you're not, absolutely, gonna, yep. you're not pushing as hard, whatever, you know but, what I mean? But it, also don't think that you can heat cycle yourself because the true process of how they do it, like you have to get it to an optimal temperature for a certain amount of time. And then you bit. have to, then you have to take that tire and it, it, it can't have any load, any weight or anything on it. And then yep. it needs to have a certain period of time that it, goes yeah, down to it. right so because yeah. some people are like, well oh well i'll just run it throw it in my uh, fucking oven or whatever yeah <laughs> and, and it's kind of like betting in your own brakes it's like well i can do that myself which yeah you can bed your brakes but it's still not going to be the same as heat cycle brakes as well yeah heat cycling brakes is some that's um I don't even I don't even give my customers an option. If somebody's ordering a track compound from me, I just I I pre bet them. Yep. Yeah, no, I I get the stamp on the box every time I get a new set of pads now. Like it's always pre bed. Always. See, this is yeah, this is interesting. This is like some inside baseball shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and, I, I, mean, I, I never, I've never heard of this. Yeah, yeah. especially ever. I mean, tires. Yes, the tires the make sense. Like, well, like, I've you know. never heard of with the brakes. Well, the thing is, like, the brake thing does make sense again when I think about it. I just never would have yeah. thought about it until somebody brought yeah. it up. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. oh, that actually makes perfect sense. Yes, again, it is a chemical compound. It is designed for a certain application. It is designed to perform a certain way. So if you yeah. allow it to. You're not just heating the face; you heat the whole pad all the way through. You're not going to have temperature differentials across the face of the pad, et cetera, et cetera. Now that you brought it up, it makes complete fucking sense. I'm just yeah. an idiot. And I never put two and two together. Yeah, right. It's not. It's not just race car shit either. I mean, even for the canyon mountain guy, do the yeah. do the pre bed and the, and the heat cycling. It, it you'll notice a big difference. Well, those are t- those are cool tips too because they're when you consider the cost of with brakes is a little different because the parts cost isn't necessarily the biggest driving factor, but it's the labor time and it's potentially labor cost in a brake job or even a set of tires. You know, you're, even if you're just doing like PS4 S's, those are anywhere from 1100 to 1500 bucks a set, maybe more depending on the car you're driving. Right. If you're doing like a fat, uh, no. you're driving a ZL one, one LE and your rears are 600 bucks a peep. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen for my STI. They were 1200 bucks. Okay. Like we were cool. Um, 1800. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. You got three thirty fives, three twenty fives on the back of that thing, some shit. What the fuck's in the back? Two sixty fives. No, I'm talking about the ZL one. Oh, that. Oh, oh, oh. Those are some I, fat I, ass I, pads, bro. Yeah, three hundred. Yeah, three, uh, three twenty fives in the rear, three oh fives up front. Look at them booty oh, yeah. meats, bro. Your, your, your set is twenty four hundred to twenty six hundred. Yeah. Actually, 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 eighteen to two grand. I run the th- the what? supercar three R's. The but you're right. The PS4s I run on the street and and I do some mountain stuff in the car. Less and less the more I do track because. I'd much rather hit a tire wall, and I have recently, than a tree. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just slide past that. You weren't yeah, aware. Just slide okay. past that. Listen, you bought an American car. It's like twenty bucks to fix it. Don't worry about it, dude. I saw the photos. <laughs> I, I saw the photos. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, no, I man, I shouldn't have mentioned that one. But uh, what's your let's just say, Instagram handle? You're not hiding from me, motherfucker. We have the internet. On. Right, what happened? What happened? It's, it's long. I'll send it. I'll send yeah. it. Get out in front uh, of it. What I've happened? I've never in my life seen an ejector tow hook until Abe's car. Oh, what? Ejector oh, seat, okay. 
<laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta go to Instagram, give a follow, check that shit out. It's fuck, it's wild. <laughs> it's absolutely oh, I'm, I'm wild. already I'm already we're waiting for Instagram to stop. But so so as, as you guys Wait, he, he ejaculated his toe hook? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a kidney yeah, stone, it... just like extra pressure. <laughs> Oh, I mean, the, no, 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 no. I, I think mean, it's, it's just a bumper. Listen, it looks like it's just a bumper. No, maybe Yeah, not. it's a little more. So in the bottom there, there's actually oil coolers. Yeah. So all the brackets are broken. And then it actually mm-hmm. has screw ducting for um, the uh, brake ducts. Right um, and I actually yeah. have. Yeah, it, but the, the actual plastic pieces that run the ducting are broken. And then it freaking pierced the... Um, AC condenser. I drove it home, but um, the other thing is that I was not supposed to be at this track on this day. It was actually my anniversary. um, And my wife was like, well, yeah, go up there because Kyle was up there. And I was just saying hi to a bunch of buddies. And my wife was like, Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> and uh, well, actually, it's uh, the <laughs> some other friends were like, "Hey, come on out real quick," because I instruct with the guys and everything, so they they let me run. And I I was going out having fun, and um, and you weren't. <laughs> well, uh, it was uh, actually a Mustang's fault. Is is that's my story. No, no, yes. no, no. No, 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 no! Don't just leave that out there. What happened? All right, so uh, there's there's a track called. What happened was. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so there's there's track around here called Atlanta Motorsports Park, um, and Mm -hmm. it has a uh, really hard right hand ninety that uh, is just a big dip. Um, and so the turn before it, uh, it, you're coming out of a carousel going downhill. Well, I was behind a GT 350. He wasn't ready to give me the point. That's okay. Um, but he just broke way too early. So I choked up really early. And the problem that I had is because he choked up, then I was off the gas, off the brakes, cars completely oh, unloaded. unloaded. Yeah. Oh, and as soon as I hit the dip, the rear end just no came around. Yeah, you're nothing. Yeah. So, I, I, and really, it was my mistake. I should have um, backed off even more, broke hard, and then put power through. And I thought he was going to power through harder and I'd be able to get on it. Hindsight's 2020. Everybody makes mistakes. And it's kind of like riding a motorcycle. And it, it's not, if you're going to lay it down, it's a win. Oh, for sure. Same. Same with what I do. And yeah, it's fuck around and find fuck, out. Like, fuck around and find out. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. A thousand percent. Thousand yeah. percent. Yeah. I mean, so there's always things, you know, it happens in a split second. There's always things I could have done differently. Um, but This is why was, we don't race the daily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, right. hey, hey. Yeah, hey. Stay at home yeah. on the anniversary. Fuck, yeah, fuck fuck yeah, that's also, I'm sure your wife was a little bit like, oh, no, you crashed on our anniversary. Oh, <laughs> man. She was so yeah, hearing about that shit. Let's be honest. Mad. Bitch, that's you said Cheddar Bay Biscuits. We're still going to Red Lobster. <laughs> oh, we right. still we still went. And she's like, this is not going to ruin our fucking night. And I was like, okay. Get uh, dressed. Let's but, go. All right. Right. So yeah, it's gonna end up being about ten grand. It's yeah. okay, you had the Hyundai. Yeah, yeah. So and that's the thing that sucks. Like all being in Atlanta again, all the freaking yeah. um, shops are, and I'm only having Chevy do it um, just because I want genuine parts and everything well, like yeah. that, and uh, just well, anal about it. Is the car completely star? 
Completely what? Is the car completely stock? Um, yeah, only... Other than those brake ducts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess I can't really say that anymore. So I've got the brake ducts. I have an intake. Really, the intake does nothing for the power. I just like the fun noises that it makes. Um, so the so intake noises are dope. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and supercharger sounds, man. Come on. So yeah. uh, hear the supercharger, and then I've got um, a harness bar and full harness. And okay. That's it. Yeah, I mean, yep. if the car if the car is like lightly modified, very lightly modified like that, like I would also prefer that the factory do it and make it nice. Yeah, and that, absolutely. And that way, I know that the the color is right and the panel gap is right yes. and the fit and fitment is right and like the and fit it, and the color is the biggest thing. I have seen it's some a, shit paint jobs, my dude. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's and it's a blessing in disguise because. I did a ton of mountain stuff and all these track days and the front end was super tired. Like it, and it's only like a three-year-old car, but it, it, it looked like it'd been through a war or two. So it was time. Yeah. It's even with PPF. What, what Abe isn't saying though, is where he hit the barrier. (laughs) Kyle. Gotta share this. This is Kyle. Yeah. I'm staring out and here comes Kyle. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so I, I literally passed him like seconds after it happened, and I've got GoPro footage of it of like, holy fuck, what is that? Like, and then I'm passing the corner worker just beyond him can't see him, so he's just oblivious, just like staring off into fucking nowhere. So I'm like banging on my horn, like trying to like go look at this motherfucker to put a flag up. Yeah, exactly. Right. I like I I go through there, end up pitting, and I'm like telling the corner workers, yo, somebody crashed. Like we, I had no idea Abe was even there at that point. Cause I thought he had gone home, but he went home to get his car. But awesome. like all, all this like shit. And, and like I pull into pit and they're like, no, 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 you're good. Dude drove. You're good to go. So I go back out and I never see him again. I'm like, what the fuck? But, I still ran. <laughs> but where, where he hit though was where the, the guardrail was joined. So it was two pieces of guardrail riveted okay. together over a 20-foot gorge drop. Ooh. Yeah, he would have smacked it an inth harder. It could have been way bad. That yeah, happened to me when I crashed my 240, dude. I don't know what if I ever... I don't, so, okay, so this is, way, this is with Mountain Rat back in the day, dog. So... <laughs> There was a hang around that hung out on the mountain with all the dudes. And, you know, she hung out on the mountain with all the dudes. Anyway, so I go up to GMR. She and I go out. We're drinking, eat, whatever. We go up to GMR late at night, and there's a ring road, which is a single-lane road that runs along the top of the ridge, right? Well, it's 5,600 feet up, and it rained the night before. (laughs) You think my dumbass was thinking, oh, there might be black ice this fucking... No, fucking course I wasn't, right? So anyway, we go up. We do a run. I get like three. got a mountain road. Right. Yeah, I, I get like five miles up through the ring and it's getting super cold. It's getting late. Right. And I can feel it in the car. Like the front end's not really trying to hang in there as much as it was, whatever. So I'm like, fuck it. Let's turn around. I come downhill into a, a left-hander and I'm not like going for it, but I'm still driving kind of quick. Right. And I, I hit the brakes. Nothing happens. It just pushes. And I was like, okay. So I try to clutch kick it just to get the ass to come around. Nothing's happening. Like it's just spinning. It's got a well to diff and shit, whatever. Right? It's just spinning. Like where it's like, oh, we're just we're going this direction. Nothing is gonna stop the car from going this direction. So we're sliding, we're sliding, we're sliding. Bang! I was, I probably got it down through a lot of 
smacking brakes and ripping e-brakes to like 15, 20 miles an hour from 55 when I started to brake. So I managed to slow the car down pretty well. And I hit a, I hit a brick wall. Completely destroys the tension rod, right? Whatever. Which was super fun to drive home with when the fucking wheel wants to put itself in the firewall every time you hit the brakes. Um, but we hit. You're cool. She's like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool. Obviously, no airbags, whatever. It's a 91, right? Whatever. With the Momo steering wheel. I get out of the car to assess the damage. And there's a th- three-foot section of brick wall. Nothing here. Nothing here. And I'm 5,600 feet up. And it's a 200 foot drop down to the next like flat plane. So I would have rolled 200 feet down a hill. Well, flown off the first part and <laughs> rolled down the rest of it. And it just stopped right there. And then, so the car is down for like a couple of weeks and she texts me like the next weekend. She's like, Hey, some kid in an STI went off where we crashed last weekend. And him and the passenger had to like climb back up the hill to the plateau road where we actually saw another STI roll one time. Um, Broken arms and broken legs. So they're mm. completely fucking busted up, crawled out of the car and like fucking elbowed and needed it back up to where somebody could get them help. They did like, not have the high ground. They did not have the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel that shit, that shit changes your perspective for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like you reevaluate some shit. You're like, mm, <laughs> do we make better decisions going forward from here? Right. Well, yeah, Abe, on that too, like, you know, that once you start driving on the track, like you don't enjoy driving fast on the street mm-hmm. as much because you can't push ten tenths, and so it's like, why bother, right? Right. And yeah, you can't get the sketchy out of your head at that well, point. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's like a win-win from a safety standpoint, you know. And you, you're going to have accidents, like you know, like Abe said, but they feel a lot better when you're in a controlled environment and you're, you know, you you had it coming because you were there to do that, right? You know, you right. knew you're. Right, it's right. Scary. Spinning into turn one at Road Atlanta at 130 with no control whatsoever was terrifying. Yeah. Would not <laughs> do again. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. Yeah. Would not. Would not. <laughs> yeah. But you so, have to learn how to get yourself out of those kind of situations on the street because you never need 10 tenths of your car on the street. So if you know you can handle the 10 tenths, you feel a lot more secure, a lot safer just driving it, you know. The funniest thing, yeah. (laughs) Well, the funniest thing I ever heard about that type of shit, like to that, to your point about like you never need everything your car has on the street, is is so I don't remember who the fuck it was, but they were making a joke about the dudes who turn traction control off when they're just driving around town. (laughs) How fucking fast do we have to get the Whole Foods that you need to fucking turn traction control off? Or how bad of a driver are you that you actually have to turn it off? <laughs> I <laughs> like, what I are we used doing to here? do that in in my Subaru all the time because I would I would drift around. Well, that's different. Like uh, you're doing you're doing ignorant shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's just yeah, like yeah. the dudes are like, I'm gonna fucking beat Google Maps or whatever. You know what you're doing. If you're just some dude and going to, to the store. <laughs> Okay. Hey, Google, Google Maps TT is that's like the most real competition there is. <laughs> no, dude, no, no. Put it on Waze and see if you beat that time. Google Maps for like two minutes. <laughs> yes, because yes. yeah, it has no regard for traffic laws or safety. It's just yes. like... <laughs> so, so nobody's I, I on this street. Go. <laughs> <laughs> to bring it back a little bit together because there were a couple changes that we made yeah that were like game changers that 
could really be beneficial for some folks. Yeah, let's hear it. One of them is is Pete's brake fluid. So I was a a long <laughs> diehard Motol fan. I mean, I used everything Motol from like you know it oil to brake fluid to all the shit. Like I use it in the trans. Like that's like the called for dog box trans fluid. Motul I think shit, it's yeah. like ninety W one forty. Like shit is maple syrup. Like it, no, no kidding. <laughs> it takes ten minutes to drain three bottles into the trans because it's so Jeez. thick. Damn. Yeah, it, I mean, it's so, that shit like aluminum. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> great shit, right? So yeah. every track day that I've done, every single one, I've had either uh, Pete's brakes or Pete's pads, or the rotors. I've, I've had some combination of all of them at some point in time. Okay. Every single track day, I've had to re-bleed my brakes after every single day. Every I'm single day. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's running the top-level Motol stuff, fresh fluid every single time, and it would be second day every time I'd get fade. Every single time I'd get like a little bit of a soft pedal towards the middle end of the day type of thing. Every single time. Pete set me up with some Willwood fluid, Willwood XR. I am now three events on this fluid without changing. <laughs> Same pedal feel. No bleeding. Have you bled it since then? No fade, no bleeding. I've changed pads. So that was the other thing with Motol. Anytime I change pads, uh -huh. I'd have to re-bleed or I wouldn't get the same pedal feel. I didn't understand that. Like, it didn't make sense to me. Functionally, that should be weird. You're pushing all the bad fluid yeah, back it, up. It should mix and you get the good fluid to come back down. Yeah, right? The way hydraulics work, that's not, that shouldn't be. It's just a, if you're not opening the circuit, it should no have no change in the lever action. So that's weird. exactly. But yeah. for some reason, every time changing I a lot pads or after a day, I get spongy pedal. Every single time. That's so dumb because like that, like the whole thing about like buying a nice set of Brembos or something like that is being able to do pad swaps quick, right? Pull the pins out, pull the pads, set the fucking pistons back, yep. run it, right? And it's but, like if I gotta bleed my shit, what's the point? It, yeah. Exactly. So, so it, it starts off as molasses, but it turns into tea after a while. <laughs> big, big time. I mean, like, the, if, the you, if you're having to to bleed it, yeah, it's getting thin and. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it can't take the it's that way. It's, it's yeah. wildly thin, too, that it comes out. And like, it's like, always discolored. I mean, it, it's like it's like you've been drinking beer since 7 a.m. and haven't touched a glass of water since two days prior. Like, I mean, when you pee and it's that dark, oh, that's what the, the same fuck? color that my fluid was coming out as after one day. Huh. One day. I mean, you know what's funny about that is like my initial thought if like if I bled my brakes and saw that, I'd think like I had corrosion inside my lines or some or some shit was fucking going on. You know what I mean? Brand new lines in the car. <clears throat> Brand new lines. I've never seen brake fluid yellow like yeah, that. I've seen it break down. Three times, it oh, yeah. keep doing yeah. that either. Yeah. I mean, it's it seriously so, gets cooked. And I mean, for those out there, like the, golf, the golf R brakes like like the end brakes. They can stand up. I mean, they can really do some good work. Like, I mean, I was able to hit near the same braking G that I could with the OEM brake as I can with Pete's one time. Okay. One time. 
So I, I do a whole session. One time I could get the same breaking G and that's it. After that, they were cooked. So Absolutely. let's let's do full disclosure though. For this is race car shit. This is not this is yeah. this fluid. Full, full yeah, this, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, fluid. but it's also yeah. you know it, to everybody, don't go buying XR Willwood brake fluid for your street car because it mm-hmm. is not a, a street car fluid. You have to have you have to change it. It's, it's, not, change it's it. not even a DOT approved fluid. Right. But right. The, the the big difference is like if you he look at have it, stepped uh, on is what he's saying. Yeah, it's uh. So what happened? Just so everybody knows, Willwood a couple years ago acquired the patent formulation from a company that used to make Formula One fluid. So the dry boiling uh, point on the fluid is six hundred and forty-five degrees. Oh mm-hmm. shit! And it doesn't have a real high propensity to absorb water. So okay. a lot of times people will look at the wet boiling point number because they're worried about that. But mm-hmm. we're out tracking our cars. Typically, you're going to be flushing your brake fluid relatively fairly regularly. Yeah. So the dry number is incredibly important. Yeah. Because you're going to be pulling the most share of the system anyway. Because you're going yeah, to be and pulling, so, right. pulling fluid in. So the average dry is around Pete, what, like 350 on yeah, most like of dot, the dot four, dot four, I think, dot is four. 350 is a spec. So it has yep. to be a minimum of 350. That feels really low. <laughs> I will yeah, say the six fifty or no, but when I just think about it. like when I think about that, like I've had stock brakes glowing red. That's aluminum. That's fat. That's fucking hot as fuck. Like I know how hot that is. You know what I mean? Like I, it's way well, more and... than three hundred fucking fifty degrees, dude. You know what I mean? Like, well, right. the brakes maybe, but not the fluid. No, no. Though. But what I'm not saying is fluid. that that heat does transfer, right? Like yeah. That, you put that into the pad, yeah. it's touching the pit, it's going into the system. Obviously, it's getting dissolved. You're not getting that heat all the way through, but like, I feel like that fluid is going to get to 350, 400 pretty yeah. readily and pretty consistently. Correct. You know what I mean? So, well, which is why you don't run stock fluid when you're tracking your car. Exactly. You, you, know, you step up. Well, to... And one thing I want to put out there even if you're a mountain or a canyon guy, put, fluid. Put a go get Motul 660 at least. That is great for a street driven car. That's what I have. Yeah, it is. And but look, the the brakes are what slow you down, they'll save your life. It's a safety item, in my opinion. Yeah, and and Mm. any car you buy, even the ZL11LE, has dot three in it, and you have a long canyon run and you hit your brakes one or two times and then you won't have them ever again and i've seen people go off the mountain because of it i live in at the foot of some of the best mountains on the east coast and we have crews that do it and now it's part of the thing unless you have dot four you're not running with us and people will lie about it but it's yeah. you just you're putting it out you there right? your, you're, you're yeah right and, 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 and I hear from people all the time they tell me yeah, I don't need I don't need good brake pads I'm only going out to the tail of the dragon. Yeah, like, Do you understand what you just said? No, that's why you said. And it. <laughs> they're like, well, I want something that's not going to make noise and not going to make dust. And I I tell them all the time, the noise of the brake pads when they're squeaking will not be as bad as the noise of the driver screaming as he's going over the cliff. That's <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's my wife used to give me shit because I had like Carbotech brake pads per Mike's advice, which they were awesome on my STI, right? Whatever. And they were loud and they made a lot of dust. And she's like, your car squeaks and the wheels are always dirty. I was like, yeah, I know. That's how you know it's working. 
We got here. The, the, the perfect explanation of that is back when I was testing Carbotech pads with OEM calipers mm-hmm. for Pete. So we, we put Girodisc rotors on, his rotors, the exact thing. But we were we were trying to see how far the stock system could go. Right. So stock calipers, but Carbotech XP20 pads, like the highest pad right. you can fucking get. Good fluid, all this shit. Going to a track day at Road Atlanta, my wife surprises me and says, "Hey, there's a a like spa resort right next to Road Atlanta that's world renowned. It's called Chateau Elan. This place has like wine growing fields. Like the craziest, richest people of Atlanta go to this place all the fucking time, right? When you go there, you have to drive." through this kind of like parade lap that they give you that you drive in front of oh, yes they're out sitting having their wine spritzers and coolers and all this bullshit and you have to drive in front of them to get to the parking lot so my wife is driving up in our nice brand new atlas kid in the back it's shining it's beautiful all waxed and stuff <laughs> And then you get me coming up, clunk, 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 <laughs> like I mean, all the squeals, <laughs> the gear whine. This is gonna fucking talk <laughs> for this piece of shit car that anyone got. And I mean, it sounded. And I shit you not, that morning when I pulled into to tech, they asked me, "Is your throwout bearing broken? You can't drive here. Like your shit sounds terrible." And I was like, "No, no, no. It's a dog box. The gears slapped together." And they're like, "Oh." Okay, you're good. But they literally shot my... They thought my shit was broken. That's because that's like, how they fucking sound. Dude, they fucking sound like... Yeah, no, it sounds like the gearbox no, I is I paid to make it sound like this. I, yeah, I, and, and so, this. So I'm putting, I'm putting through, like, multi-millionaires and <laughs> Exactly. And everyone's, like, pointing at this, like, fucking shit box. What's and that I saying? Go, it costs a lot of money to look this cheap. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then and then I go I go back in like very nicely to a uh, what is what is it a uh, a, a sixty three AMG Black oh, Series Jesus Christ and, and, and he was at the track day the next day but like, probably getting smoked show. by a Z01 oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's fucking hilarious like it, people don't realize like what you what you have to have to do these things it I requires think- a lot. I, I think what's like what's really funny about like cars and we'll we're we're pushing two hours, so we'll we'll wrap this up here in the next couple of minutes. But what's really interesting about cars is and I realized this like a couple of days ago, because this this car I have is like the first like nice car I've had that wasn't like, you know, since my Chevy SS, which was just a big V eight cruiser, which was fucking rad. I love that car. It was comfy, you know, it'd cool your fucking asshole when you got out of the gym, it was great. What I realize is if cars are too nice, people forget that they're machines, mm-hmm. right? You, you forget that you lose that, that distinction. It's like, you know, it's like, Oh, it's just this appliance, right? It should not encroach upon like, yeah, no perfect example, right? Giant appliance piece of shit, Tesla. So it should mm-hmm. not encroach upon my comfort. I should not know that it's there, right? It should get me from point A to point B with no head with, and I should have all the creature comforts and it should be quiet and it should be comfy and all this other bullshit. Right. And they, mm-hmm. and to their credit, a lot of modern cars do that very well, right? They mask the fact that you're operating a piece of fucking heavy machinery. 
Because that's what it is. I don't care if it's a Honda Civic. If a Bobcat is fucking heavy machinery, so is your Honda Civic, right? Yeah, 1,000%. And all you're doing when you take a streetcar and start pulling all of that extra bullshit off is you're just distilling it down to its nature, which is a fucking tool. It is a machine. It is there to do a job. It is nuts and bolts and components to go together for a function. And all you're doing is you're transitioning that function from comfort to performance, right? Yeah. I honed the knife for a different job, right? I'm not chopping down trees. I'm slicing sushi. You know what I'm saying? And this is why so. Abe and Brian keep sending me just like random pictures of Sawzall blades <laughs> all the fucking time. You reminded me of a video. If you watched the video of Chris Harris when he took the Pagani Waira out mm-hmm. for his first drive. I remember this video. And yeah, and you've got, and I've, I got to go to the Pagani factory and I mean, they're pieces of art. Yeah. They are, yeah. I mean, they are art as art can be, but you can push some buttons and go native in that car. Yep. Yeah. You can shut every single nanny, every single thing off. And to your exact point, you've just made that car raw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Take that was the, the only thing away. I've ever seen off the dog. drive and sweat. Yeah. I think them and Koenigsegg have that shit down, right? Like, yep. do you want a super fast luxury car? Yes. Do you want a super fast car that's trying to kill you? Also, yes. Have I got the yeah. car for you? No, no, that's a, yeah, that is a great point. It is. It's, it's, it's an, it's an S 63 and a Viper and it's the same car. Right. And you just get to yeah. choose which one you're driving that day, but it's going to cost yeah. you $3 million. Yeah. So right? yeah. Along the same lines, have you seen the Porsche GT rain sensing technology that they use? Yes. What? Hold up. Wait up. I'm just going to sit here and wait and see if either one of these fucking assholes correct you. Wait up. I'm Porsche. It's Porsche. I wasn't going to be rude. I'm sorry. I wasn't going to be rude. In the fender liner, like above the tire, they have sensors to pick up how much water is being thrown off the tire and it actively changes the torque profile of the motor and the suspension profile of how the car operates based upon how much water is being tossed up by the tire. I don't need any of that shit. It's a big ass <laughs> net nanny is essentially what it yeah, is. Yeah, can so you like, just like, like how much are I gonna pay you to get all that shit out of the car? If all of a sudden you're like in a flash flood, it's like, oh yeah, we're not gonna give you all the fucking power in the world. We need all the fucking shit. Like but like a I wasn't gonna keep shit, my foot all the way down either. Like what look, working for Audi and like all the bitching and complaining about the Audi presense and like it goes off randomly and like these excuses were like, yeah, it's trying to prevent an accident, but like they're like, there's nothing around me, like, well yeah, I know, but it's Fucking piece of shit. So I don't know. I don't know what to fucking tell you. Like, oh, dude. it's a <laughs> that you wanted and you got a feature for, and it overly protects you, and now you're that mad about it. My I don't least know what to tell you. Favorite fuck. So, like, listen, listen. I, I don't brought... need rear braking. No, listen. No, I don't I, need it. Listen, I you my car house. The fucking the uh, what's the super eyesight. Right, my car yeah. has all that shit. Yes. Holy fucking Christ, I hate it so much. Don't you hate that? Oh, so much. I will tell you in in Atlanta traffic, Atlanta traffic. I always tried to get in front of a Subaru because I know they would stop short of me. Hundred percent. Every other fucking car goes right up to your. That fucking car. Ass. That car will not let you hit anything 
ever. Bro, All it's... I want is the adaptive cruise. I don't want any of the safety features. So nothing else. Here's the funniest... Oh, I, got a, I got my car turned all that shit off. No, here, no, no, here's the funniest fucking thing about this shit, okay, is that I have a toolbox, which is now just... So it's my old, like, tool cart, which is now, like, the RC car toolbox, right? It's got, like, my son's Traxxas in there, whatever. Um, nice. And it's just, like, it, it's completely busted to shit, and I've yet to pay the 400 bucks to fix it, but whatever. Um... So it's just like tucked in the corner. And when I park, it's like really close to my fender, but it works out, right? It all kind of fits or whatever. I park there so my wife doesn't run her out back into the lawnmower. Anyway, um, if one day I'm coming home from the gym and I went early enough, my wife was, she wasn't home, whatever, right? And I just kind of pull in the driveway, not in my normal angle. I came in from the other side, right? And it didn't like the angle that I was coming (laughs) toward. No, no, it would not let me pull into the garage. What? Because, what? No, I was smashing the gas, but it sees the toolbox and it's like, nope. <laughs> so I have no, I have a two, I have a two inch. So like garages, a lot of garages in Texas, like the way that they do them is there's actually a lip on the concrete pad, and then the door closes below that to keep water out of shit because it rains and tornadoes and everything else, right? Mm-hmm. I it cut so much torque, I couldn't get the rear end over this two inch <laughs> lip. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and I'm literally, I'm not even fucking kidding. I'm, ex- I'm sweating. I'm exhausted from the gym, right? Whatever. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me right now, dude. So I had to back out of my fucking garage so I could get the car to let me pull it in straight. And that's when I decided I'm probably giving it to my wife so I can buy something else. Wait, so you, got- you can't turn that off? No. No. The no. Subaru shit, you can't turn you cannot off. turn off at all. You can't. No, you can't turn that off. Yeah, you can't turn that off. Auto stop start doesn't remember if you turned it off, so you have to turn it off every single fucking time. Yeah, Yeah. no, I'm done. Nope, that's another another win for the Elantra. It doesn't have it. See, auto start stop. My Mustang has it, but I turned it off so long ago I forgot I had it. Yeah, because it'll keep it off. This will not keep it off. Yeah. So if you guys ever heard, it doesn't remind you or anything. Yeah. You guys ever heard of ice mode? Yes. 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 That's all because of nannies. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The yep. nannies get confused and pissed off, and you got to hit the brakes. You're going 140 miles an hour, and the car doesn't do anything. So, yeah. 140 so miles an hour in a Canada corner, and all of a sudden the brakes decide oh, we to did stop talk about this. on you. Yeah. We, no, Kyle told me about this shit really early. I, yes, I do remember this. That's so fucking what, stupid. What's wild, though, is I wasn't experiencing that pre arrow. Soon as we added arrow, mm-hmm. now I'm able to hit ice mode. Yep, the G forces go up just beyond the threshold of the sensors. So yeah, are we that. are we rapidly approaching like standalone territory to like pull all that shit off? Pull the airbag fuse. Done. Yeah, you pull. I, I I've got a Cybex in my Audi, and it limits me. It limits me to 1.1 G in braking. I've got 31530. Uh, a7s on the front and I couldn't pull more than 1.1 G in braking. I should be able to flip the car over. Yeah, it's like a and no matter how hard I would hit the brakes, all of a sudden the pedal would get hard and start to push back. Wow. Yeah. So like here, there's like an argument here that like this is a responsible measure to take when you're selling people cars that are probably more car than they can legitimately handle. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that is if you do know how to handle it, leave me the fuck alone. 
Yeah. Yes, thank you. I, I'm a strong believer that vehicles like the ZL1, like a GT500, you should have to go to a driving school before yeah, you can drive that car right. off the lot. Yes. Because it will fucking kill you. Dude, a fucking SS1LE. Yeah. Doesn't have to be my a brother. ZL1. My brother tracks SS1LE with Dude. me, yeah. You don't even. Those cars are fast. As fuck, dog. And they will break loose in the rear end with just little too much throttle. With the tires aren't hot enough, just it's done. Right? Anybody that's trying to track on a budget, SS1 Ali is the the way to go. My brother's an ex fighter pilot and arguably a little bit better driver than I am, but he can pull within half a second of the times I pull on Road Atlanta in a car with. Almost 200 less horsepower. Yeah. yeah. No, it's an admit like that six. Gen- if you could only see out of that motherfucker, that chassis is perfect. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They can't get out the window. If there is an incident. Yeah. You can't climb out. They can't get out the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's this big here, here, here's my, Ooh. and I know we're getting high on time, but here's my argument for this. Okay. There's really only two reasons that you would need to get out of the window. The okay. first is fire. Of course. Which, hopefully, if you're on fire, you can open your doors. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> Unless you're painting then, against the tire wall, which you ain't. Yeah. And so, but if you're worried, if fire is happening, then you're probably doing something that you shouldn't, and you probably have fire suppression or something like that on the vehicle. Or if you roll the car over. Now, if you roll a Mustang over that you can get your head out the window or you roll any other car over that you get your head out the window. Once it rolls over, you're not going to be able to get your head out the window. Oh, I mean, I understand the, I understand the logic. window if it's going to roll over it. I would argue. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's true. You can't get flung from the car if you can't fit out the fucking window. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's there's some yeah. value. To you've that. heard it. You've heard it here yeah. first, folks. Six Gen Camaro, safest car you can drive. Because <laughs> <laughs> they won't let you leave. Keeps yeah, the roof is already pre-collapsed. No ejecto seat. <laughs> no ejecto Okay, you don't even need harnesses. You ain't getting out this motherfucker. <laughs> um, no, I yeah, I, I, it's 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 funny to me about that car because pre-COVID, you could get a used one. For like thirty five to thirty six, pretty yeah. readily thirty seven for thirty eight with the low miles. Right now, it's there forty four grand. SS one. Yeah, my brother, are. my brother got his with twenty seven hundred miles on it, um, a year old, right before COVID for twenty nine thousand. Fuck your brother! Don't tell yep. him I said that because he'd probably break it with his bare hands. But and he could that. sell it today for thirty-five all day. Oh, all day. Yeah, oh, crack, yeah. beat the shit, whatever they take. Oh, it. Yeah. Beat the hell. Yeah, beat the hell. Yep. It's a fucking. I mean, there, like, there's um. Obviously, people have gotten wise to it now, but the last couple generations of American muscle cars, they're fucking really good performance cars, dude. Really like, good. Like the mm-hmm. last couple, like the S550 Mustangs and like the fifth, even, I mean, the fifth gen, I mean, obviously the Z28 is like a, a special, it's a very special car. Anything that can ro- ro- rotate its own rim inside the fucking tire and has to be programmed to mm-hmm. know when you've caught air is sick. 
right? Like we can all agree that that's rad. But and that was on like a super by comparison to six gen, like a way inferior chassis. It was big, it was heavy. You know what I mean? It was kind of not done properly. But like the, as fast as you could get those things to go around a track, as fast as these Mustangs are going around the track, we're not going to talk about challengers because it's a boat. What's that? It's a fucking. It's five thousand pounds. It doesn't count. Um, but I mean, like I think it's cool. Like we we kept the front engine, rear end, like rear drive, fucking sports car alive in this country you know what i mean like a quote-unquote obtainable one right one less than 100 grand because if you want to get that from any other manufacturer that still makes them they're 70 80 90 100 thousand dollars right so mm-hmm. i respect but even at global time attack look at the, you know kyle the the vet that was it was a ca vet that was nothing yeah 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 and tires tires brake fluid and pads and she was running what 130 was it sixes yeah, yeah 136 with a C8. Just See, like, like, so like the Z51 or whatever? The fucking like yeah, the performance the, 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 the standard C8, like not even the Z06, just the standard. Yeah, yeah. no, they have a performance pack. It's like Z51, yeah. it's got the suspension yeah. and yeah, the splitter. Yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah. it's like an $85,000 car max with yeah. dealer markup, yeah. right? It's like 72 yeah. MSRP or some shit, right? That's fucking yeah. asinine, dude. But, but mm-hmm. why the fuck is that classed? With a thirty thousand dollar Econo shitbox. Well, it's like you even look at like a lot of like the SCA class, SCCA classes. Is like, do you have aftermarket brakes? Then you're in this ridiculous fucking class over here, and it's like, really, dog? Mm-hmm. Like, I exactly. drive a fucking yeah. EG hatch with a D16. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> right, D16. Exactly. Sorry, before I get flamed on the Honda boys for naming the wrong code. D16A1. Yeah. It makes you wonder if the the people writing the rule books actually drive. Exactly. literally yeah, exactly. never that and that goes for anyone the people making the rules have no fucking clue what the fuck they're talking about no and, yeah. i mean not not by their own fault like so i used to be like mega big in like the the cycling racing world and whatever i wanted mm-hmm. to own my own bike shop like that was like my end all beat all goal forever but every dude i ever worked for was like you open your bike shop you instantly stop riding bikes there's yep. just no time. You're yeah. working on everyone else's shit. Yeah. You never get to touch your yeah, own shit. Yeah, yeah, no, there's, yeah. There's that whole saying is like, oh, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And I would argue that if you do what you love, you never get to do the fucking thing you love a day in your life. Right. Cause you're like, you're helping you. I feel like when you start doing <laughs> that, best, yeah. Yeah. Right. You got to I think that like, that's a move. <laughs> you're like, I'm cool not doing this as much. I want to help other people do it now. Right. And that's yeah. kind of like- one of my cars was on jacks from April until December. That's without dumb. a suspension, without brakes. <laughs> yeah. So, so Pete, Pete's one that like, when I was wanting to test shit, he was like, Oh, my car is on stands. I'll pull off my shit and send it to you. Mm-hmm. Like, who the fuck else does that? No, because like, he's just like he'd rather have the data than have the shit sit around, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm thinking Brian's the same way, right? <laughs> but I got the nod of agreement. Yeah, Brian. Brian and I get to watch a lot of people race. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You know, it is it is cool, like to the R&D stuff on other people's cars to that point, right? And it's you know, it's. Uh, I mean, yeah, put, putting this out here, Brian and I are working on some cool shit for the the Camaro, so. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, working on some stuff there. Yeah, um, yep. I want to see so, some, make fun, so make who makes louvers functional again, like like yeah. rear window louvers, make them functional. <laughs> so, oh so this man, is, 
I want to preface this as they ever were, like, like, honestly, but that's stage one <laughs> of like our team because we've got so much shit coming. I mean, so much shit. We we have data downloads to show what like mm-hmm. shock dynamics do in turns. We have data to show like, hey, if we add this much dampening, this is what it did on track. We've got yep. all this stuff to show, but it, obviously it's too much for kind of like this intro show of like you know bringing the whole team so we would love to do more of these episodes and do deep dives into each of the individual spots yeah i mean I'm yeah because we have... need to do two hours on easily i think you know yeah, yeah. no i think i think that that's like i think we i mean yeah we would obviously we'd love to have you guys on periodically check in see what you guys are doing because i think that a lot of what this conversation has been really cool because you and Pete and I kind of chatted about this last time is this show is supposed to be as close as you can get to a facsimile of car guys sitting around in a garage drinking when we're done fucking wrenching. Cause we're all annoyed. Right. Like that's the whole, <laughs> that's the whole point. And, and when we started this podcast, it was, Oh, let's have the average enthusiast and blah, blah, blah. But let's be real here. The average enthusiast kind of doesn't know what the fuck's going on. So we pivoted to, can we get people who are really well connected in the industry? And can we disarm them? Can we get them to talk like this? Right. And yes. not speaking off a sheet and not like, oh, this is what we blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I'm going to make enough jokes to where you are going to give me the real nuggets into how we got to this position. Right. Like, I'm going to disarm this fucking shit. And I think that what's cool about this is there is now a log of when you first came on the show, the golf bar was cool. It had itself, it already had the dog box, you know, but it was, a, it was a relatively stockish car with a dog box in it. Right. And now here yeah. we are a year and a half later or so, maybe a little longer. <laughs> and now we're doing GTAC and we've got chassis dynamics guys and, and we've got driving dynamics guys and we've got an aero package. And like, you're really like pushing to doing the thing. And obviously it comes at a cost and obviously there's a financial part to it, but it's like, this is yep. so much more interesting to me than no offense talking about nine 11s. I can't afford for fucking two hours at a time. You know oh. what I mean? I'm just <laughs> keeping it real dark. Like, because this is a car that was 30 fucking grand. Yep. And now look at what we're doing. You know, what's funny? I was going to mention this before. And Kyle, you could probably remember like a year back. Remember when we were first talking about doing error and I was like, you sure you don't want to build this to GTA spec or to <laughs> well, like, you know, uh, one of these series? I said, like, that's where you're headed, man. That's where you're going to end up. And he's like, no, let's just make it as fast as we can make it, you know. <laughs> Most for sure, that's kind of why we ended up in limited because we were already over arrowed for street class. Yeah, right. Yeah, because if yeah, if you're not, I mean, I'm, I am interested to see how far this fucking menagerie goes before we're like, now we need power. Mm-hmm. So, we, 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 we have another nice. sponsor. We have another sponsor that's come on board. To, to make that happen. What is their oh, fucking name, news. Kyle? <laughs> it's EQT, what are baby. They making happen, no Kyle. shit. No shit. Okay. Oh, yeah. All oh. Right. So, so EQT helped me from the very beginning. Yeah. They've, they've re-stepped up to, to re-help us I w- push the limit. I would love to get Ed back on the show with yes. you guys and do the whole, because he was on the show a million years ago, ago. Yeah. stroking right. off about his fucking tuned f-150 that he can't get enough of <laughs> his EcoBoost f-150 that apparently he loves rip, ripping fat ass sitters in but yeah 
I was like, I quickly realized, I was like, oh, this dude's one of us, tight. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Ed's a fucking real, yeah. real ass dude. So, so right, you have hybrid turbo already, right? No, no, the, the whole thing, stock engine, stock turbo. It's like a stage three off the shelf with some bolties on there. Or what no, are we doing? Like basic stage, stage two. two. And detuned. So the factory, or not the factory, but the off-the-shelf stage two that you get from EQT is yeah. like, you're pushing 390 horsepower out of a Golf R with a stock turbo or whatever. 390 is about what you should expect. I'm detuned to 370 and around the same torque. So we we detuned the car purposefully to run to redline every single gear not have issues over time like that's that's what ed did specifically for this car and this tune right so it's not maxed by any means but it it needs other supporting things to make it there so so part of that is developing the fuel system which pete and i have some some crazy crazy things coming so stay tuned but i got six fucking lift pumps in my go for (laughs) i mean just (laughs) The, the the goal like the the goal from here on out is simplicity, simplicity for reliability sake, serviceability. So, yeah, building building with, yeah. yeah, building with. I mean, and I think that that's an often missed part, not functionally, but like conceptually of building a fucking race car is like, hey, it's gonna break. Yeah. Period. So where can you buy the parts? Where, well, not not where even just that, but. How hard do you want to make your job of fixing it when you're modifying all this shit, right? Like, it's real easy to tuck shit away and make it look pretty, but you you gotta figure... This is the old, like... There's a joke among the third-gen Camaro community that there's, um... You just fucking hole saw out a section of the trunk to get to the fuel pump, otherwise you gotta drop the tank every time. So there's, like... You'll see third-gen Camaros and GTAs across the nation with four-inch hole saw cutouts in the fucking (laughs) trunk just so you can get the fuel pump out of them. But it's right. It's like you it's you you have to think about the car when you're building it from I'm going to have to take this apart and put it back together. And how bad do I want that to suck? Right. Like how how hard do I want to make my job of fixing any individual component and then figuring out which components most likely to fail, which you only find out by beating the shit out of the car over and over and over again. Right. And then exactly. Exactly. And it's a lot of consumables in in a track car. The fucking car is a consumable to some degree. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like you really have to like, I dude, I I've seen dude built seen a drift guys do this a lot, but it's like I'm probably gonna run this chassis into the ground, but I would like to take all of it and put it in another one <laughs> and do it all over yeah. again, right? So it's like the chassis is a consumable. Like the, yeah, exactly. This is when this is when s like S13s were still four grand, right? And you could just fucking roll yeah. through them and nobody cared. Um. No, man. Yeah, I'm fucking I think I can speak for the pod when I would. Yeah, I would say that I would love to see that because I think it's a great story. I think it's interesting content. I think it's stuff that it a lot of enthusiasts will hear like, oh, the do the rotors and the fluid before you do anything else. And this which is true. But this is like kind of a little bit more of the hey, you've been doing that and now we're pushing. And th- this is a gray area for a lot of folks. Right. Like, how does all of this more in-depth shit work when you're trying to really go fast with what you got? Right. So yeah. I mean, if, if I don't even realize that wheels are consumable and that, you go yeah. in and they're taking a beating Fuck and yeah, eventually, yeah. eventually centers are going to go out. 
Yep. So I, I have to say, mm-hmm. Kerning came on. Kerning is now a sponsor of our team and is is throwing wheels our way. They like, make great wheels for twelve hundred bucks. I'm not gonna fucking lie to you. The heliograms, yeah, are the shit. I, so yeah. I I used to run other wheels and would smash these things over turn three. So turn three, you hop the curb right. every time. Like you put the whole car over that thing. I would flat spot wheels. I would break wheels. I would crack the sides of them all the fucking time. Ever since I switched to Koenig, no issues. None. Yeah. No, I, I think... So here's, yeah. And here's the key to that. If you don't have to spend the money on a forged wheel. You mm. just need a flow-formed wheel. And high that's, quality that's, floor form. Yeah, yeah. A high-quality flow-formed high wheel. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It, it yeah. doesn't you don't have to spend the three, four, five grand on a freaking forged wheel. Yeah. A high quality flow form wheel, that's all you need. Yeah, which is and I think that people forget that like that's the quality of the casting that goes into the flow forged wheel, right? It's it's the yep. same shit. Like if you buy XXRs and they're flow formed, I guarantee you if you x-ray that shit, it's porous as a fucking sponge. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that bitch is gonna come apart. Versus mm-hmm. you know, to your point of Kernig or uh, um Dude, I mean, fucking, there's so many companies. Rotoform makes Forge wheels at this point. You know what I mean? And even if you look at, I mean, you look Apex. at some Apex, you look at some of the Japanese brands, even, you can get a set of works for 1800 bucks. You're not breaking the bank. It's a strong set of wheels. And, you you know, they're, it's a single, it's a, it's a monoblock. You can swap them out without dealing with barrels and all the other shit. And they're light enough to make sense. And, and that's like the thing, right? It's like cost benefit of how light is it? How much can I beat the shit out of it? how much is it going to cost me when I break it? Right. Mm -hmm. Anybody that tracks in T 37s, I think is a fucking maniac. Like I respect it. (laughs) No, (laughs) you wouldn't had like this sort of exact podcast, like before I started modding the shit and like this exact type of like recommendations, fuck, I could have built this car twice now. Yeah. (laughs) Like I spent, I spent so much money finding these guys like yeah, literally yeah. finding this group of guys it took me so much money in breaking random shit that was said to be the top i think um, the thing that you're missing in that situation though kyle and this is probably like a really important thing to remember is if you had not given a fuck enough about what you were doing to do that these guys wouldn't give a shit that's true very right? true like because if yeah. i was like if i went up to to Brian and I was like, "Hey, I like track and build me a sick wing." He'd be like, "Get the fuck out of here, dude!" I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> right? Yeah, but if I, it's like, but it's like, dramatic, so I don't get flamed in a forum somewhere. But no, yeah. but you know, I'm just, what I'm saying is, is that like, you got people's attention because you were willing to put in the work and put in the time and break mm-hmm. the parts and you know find the weak spots and improve in yourself as a driver and do the whole thing and that. Yep. Timmy's doing the same shit right now. And I'm really hoping that the long-term end result of all of these episodes with you guys is that I have Timmy's S4 with a stupid ass wing on it. Exactly. Right. And he's just fucking screaming with his massage seats on and a harness <laughs> bar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The swan neck and the setup, right? We, we put a swan neck on a GLI sedan. Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do it, bro. Yeah, let's, you know what I'm saying? But so I'm hoping that all of this scumbagging just slowly tilts its way over here because I'm not going to buy Pete's $6,000 suspension, but I really hope that Timmy does. <laughs> I don't have a German car, but. 
Oh, I'm interested. <laughs> I'm interested. Um, somebody's putting those are Some hot dogs nice dancing. Dance moves. Those are dance Anyways, moves. Yeah, I think that's about time. Um, guys, I appreciate all of you taking time out of your day and your evening because I know it's like fucking one o'clock in the morning. It's probably somewhere. Um, yeah, <laughs> to uh to hang out with us and talk about Kyle's car and everything that you guys do individually and shame fifty thousand dollar Japanese cars. Um, we would gladly have you back on anytime you wanted to come hang out. Um, please Absolutely. follow all of these gentlemen. Their socials have been tagged in our reels. They will be tagged in the comments and descriptions of all the episodes. This episode will be live tomorrow. Well, mm -hmm. here's the fucked up part. Probably Saturday because I have to edit it tomorrow. But whatever. We'll post about it when it comes out. It'll be live uh, eventually. It'll be you on the internet. Know. We'll be there. Listen, the internet never fucking be forgets. Patient. If you want it bad enough, you'll find it, right? Um, right. <laughs> we'll be back in a couple of weeks for a squad show. And I think that we're, after that, probably going to try and get Zach with his tagger on. I, the sequential's in. The bitch is running. It's doing its thing. So he now has a yes. wide front fender. Yeah, how he feels about the 52 grand Toby. I really am curious about that. So for those of you who don't know, my buddy, our buddy Zach has had this Integra GSR since we were kids. We used to give him hella shit about it because we were all real world drive trip boys. And now it's um it's got JRZ suspension and a fucking sequential and full interior with like fucking Sparco cups and a turbo B20 non VTEC that's been converted from distro to coil unplug like oh. the fucking car. He just put a Haltech in it. The thing's fucking sick. So actually listen to that episode this yeah. morning. And yeah, I can't wait to hear yeah, that. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna he's been trying to come on. He's like, when am I gonna be cool enough? And I was like, dog, I just want to talk to you when the sequential's in because I wanna have clips and noises. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, nice. you know, and it's running. So I'm gonna message him, we'll get him on for the one after that. So we got some shit lined up and uh we're just gonna keep fucking cracking at it, man. We're gonna keep bringing you guys great content. Thank you guys for hanging out tonight for everybody in chat. Thank you guys who's everybody's gonna listen to this in the future, and of course. Drive safe for the most part, you know, like not all the time, but for, the the for the most part. Yeah. Chinese no takeovers. No, take no fucking takeovers. No, no fucking takeovers. No, if you're going to go sideways, do oh. it into a tire wall I gave. Anyway, have a great oh. night, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Bye.